0: Well, how do y'all? Our friends at Cosmetics strive to create a greener, more sustainable skincare regimen, and they believe that Mother Nature provides a recipe. Every ingredient used in cosmetics products is consciously selected, responsibly sourced and cruelty-free. Cosmetic has also opened their first brick-and-mortar spa. Cosmetic Spa and Wellness Boutique is a premier destination for clean living, luxury skincare, and CBD spa treatments located in Buena Vista, Colorado. Next time you're in their neighborhood, check out the new Cosmetic Spa and keep your eyes peeled as there's probably a Cosmetic Spa being opened near you at some point soon. So be kind to your skin and go to causemedicated.com that's C-A-U-S-E, Medicated.com, and use promo code SOS20 to get 20% off of your entire order at checkout. All right, let's do it. Showtime. Welcome in, friends. My name is Ben Fields. This is South of Scruffy Podcast, and I am your host, kind of. Uh, Today's a special episode. We're uh, calling it Six Pack with Zach. The idea being that my buddy Zach Roskop from Knox Brew Tours and Knox Brew Hub brings in a six pack of craft beer, and we just give him the show for a week. Uh, I'm still here on the mic with him for this episode, but uh, Zach brought in a guest of his own this time uh, for us to talk to. He also brought in a, a six pack of gas station craft beer tall boys. He must have been in a bit of a hurry on his way here. Got that old two for three, two for three uh, deal over at the pilot. <laughs> the guest Zach brought with him is uh, a guy named Grady Milligan, first time I'd ever met Grady. Love the dude. He's a super talented musician uh, who's a pleasure to talk to. And uh, Grady actually, Uh, Okay, now he's the first musical guest on South of Scruffy Podcast because uh, we rearranged the mics and set up a little deal, uh, and Grady played a couple of of songs for us. It was pretty cool. Uh, The two songs that he played for us are going to be off of his upcoming EP called Saboteur. Uh, We did one of these six-pack with Zach episodes back at the beginning of the pandemic. I think it was episode 17 or something like that, and you guys seem to really dig it, so let's do it again. Here we go. Six pack with Zach. Zach Roskop. Grady Milligan.
1: We're doing the popcast.
2: However. <laughs> oh man. I missed this. I, I honestly, genuinely miss this. I have thought about this garage since the last time <laughs> that I was in it. Actually, that's the last time I was in this garage, I came in, I snuck in here and grabbed two sawhorses and then snuck out. And you gave me zero direction on where I might find these said sawhorses. So I looked in every single nook and cranny and it wasn't until the last nook that I actually found them.
0: Yeah, behind the refrigerator,
2: right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And uh, as you you know, I'm working on opening a bar right now. Yeah. There are several items in that bar that were uh, loved on uh, on top of those sawhorses, uh, okay. so that, I could have worded please, that better. Please
0: tell me you mean <laughs> built.
2: Yes, what I meant was we loved on those pieces of wood with know our sa- hand I've sanding and staining. You know, yeah. I'm just saying we uh, we we cared for those those items. Not... So
0: there's a little bit of shop in the new in the absolutely, hub down there. Okay.
2: absolutely in the hub for sure. I mean, okay. I think the hub is basically just made up of everybody yeah. mean, in Knoxville some way. Somehow every person in my entire life that has had any impact on me of who I am today is a part of the hub.
0: Yeah, man. It seems like a, a, a family tradition down there. I see your I've seen your mom and your brother yeah. and most of your best friends down there doing something. It's because everybody wants you to get that thing off the ground, man. Want it to be awesome because we love you oh. and know that anything you touch is gonna be Duh.
2: badass. <laughs> Dude, I um <laughs> I was telling a friend today about my crazy idea of being like a famous podcaster who doesn't have a podcast. Yeah, I like that idea. And my buddy was, you know, I just want to go on other people's podcasts and interview them so that the audience can like get to know them better, you know, yeah. the host. Yeah. My, my, my buddy, my friend was like, for somebody who works as hard as you do, it's amazing how many ideas you come up with that involve you not working. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yep, that's me.
0: <laughs> well, you, don't you fill in uh, at the radio station a little bit for Phil Williams? Yeah, and
2: I started filling in for Bob Yarbrough, too. Who's that? He's the ten to noon guy on on the on, on the ninety eight point seven. Okay. So yeah, I, I'm I'm Phil's go to fill in, and yeah. I, I make tons of fill in jokes, you know. Cause <laughs> yeah, of you feel. got to. And then and lately, I've been filling in for the Bob Yarbrough show. The thing that's been the weirdest about filling in on the radio shows, and I don't know if this is what they want or not want, but like Phil kind of has his own audience and his own. Style And Bob has his own audience and his own style. And I'm not sure if I'm supposed to try to figure out like who Zach is and do my own show. Yeah. Or, or I'm imitate them. Match what they do. Right. You know, Phil is super talented, but he kind of is like the morning shock, jock, fart joke kind of a yeah. vibe. sure. And Bob Yarbrough does like a very like positive, uplifting, like good stories kind of a vibe. Yeah. And then Halloran, I love Halloran. He's a little, a little more political and like kind of serious. And so I have to figure out if I'm trying to match them or if I'm kind of figure out who my, who, who is trying to find your voice, yeah, who I am, uh, dude, and, I get that as an individual and trying to figure that out. Phone's going off over here. No, it's all good. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Grady. Hi, dude. <laughs> I've Never met you before. Hi, I'm here I'm and, just... in in your podcast, in your garage. <laughs> awesome. It's a strange way to meet people, but it I is. really like it though. Yeah. It forces did, did you, it... you to have like meaningful conversation immediately. Yeah. What I'm if just... what if this was like how we did first dates? Yeah. What if just you put like, them on a podcast? You met somebody
2: on like <laughs> Tinder or Hinge and you're like, "Meet me at this garage at 9:30 p.m. on a yeah, Tuesday." Exactly. And they just walk in. You give them a pair of headphones and a beer, and you say, "Record," and and then that's it. Well, that would be an interesting. I bio, like it. Called first dates. Yeah. Well, that didn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, at the very end of the podcast you ask would you would you go on a second date or not i mean it seems like an, an obvious question
0: i mean yeah. this is formulaic at this point yeah. i mean this is yeah. like
3: primetime television it sounds like you basically already kind of mapped it out so i feel like it's just an executing it at this point yeah, yeah this so. is your
0: intellectual property
3: yeah <laughs> i really like you it. heard it first on the south of scruffy podcast grady you got uh, airplane mode on that phone uh, let's see I think it's it should be on silent
0: is it yeah there's like this weird uh, like 3 4G like <sighs> that goes on okay. we thought it was a jewel one time but okay. then we put all our phones in airplane mode and yeah. it quit doing it are okay. you hearing it right now I heard it a second ago oh yeah it's all good that's oh that's it my goes. pacemaker <laughs> <laughs> Don't croak, man. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm good. <laughs> don't
3: croak. Now I'm officially on airplane mode. Nice. Uh,
0: so Grady, what's your story, dude? I don't know a lot about you.
3: Okay. Uh yeah, my story. So I'm I'm a musician from here in Knoxville. I was uh born and raised in Knoxville and spent a lot of the last ten years, uh since like two thousand ten. I was in Maryville doing jobs, doing stuff. Uh Did you grow kinda, up in Mariville? No, I I grew up here. Yeah. I grew up in, up yeah, in, grew up in like carnes
0: and doing Knoxville things. People say Knoxville and I just assume it's like Everything around, like, yeah, the three greater counties, area, you know. yeah, basically. I'm from Knoxville, but really, yeah. I'm well, from and even more. when I
3: was in Maryville like, I was in Knoxville all yeah. the time, it's all kind of the same, yeah. Um, but I've always been, uh, since I mean, like, a uh, young teenager, always done music, yeah. like, uh, picked up a guitar. I've always kind of sang, yeah, started writing really terrible songs very <laughs> I, early, I,
0: dude. I wrote a ton of those, yes. I sang them to girls to try to get them to kiss right. me, been there,
2: <laughs> still there, Still still it doing it. <laughs>
0: I've got a buddy. I'm not going to say who it is. He picks up a a guitar, Tears in Heaven by Eric Clapton. Every time. time. It's the only one he knows. I'm like, that worked. That worked for years. Really?
2: Everybody's got the one song. There's some, there's a great YouTube video out there about uh, how to learn how to play guitar just enough to impress a girl. Yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and it's like step one, get a guitar. You
0: know? Yeah.
2: Step two, learn how to tune the guitar. It's pretty funny. Grady That's took awesome. it a
0: step further. It sounds like
2: uh, I, 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 I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Grady and I go way back, and gotcha. where our foundation began is actually in music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was in a band that, that traveled a little bit around the, town. The
0: Christian, fringe, yeah. the fringe yeah. Christian yeah. band? Yeah. 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 The fringe Switchfoot Light. band. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, it, wait what's, what'd you say? Switchfoot
2: life. Yeah. yeah. Oh,
3: basically
0: God. Yeah. That's a good joke. <laughs> yeah. And you guys were in that band
2: together? No, we no. weren't. But our band would sometimes play at venues or gigs that his band was also playing Other at. churches? And how we get, no, not always churches, <laughs> but no, they were, they were fellow, uh, fellowship centers, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. gyms. One time and, kind of a skate park yeah one time it's kind of yeah yeah. yeah. That, that's edgy <laughs> if, if you know if, it felt pretty metal if, I'll never forget what I used to do the booking and we'd say you know what part of the church like, where's this gig in that and they'd always say it's in the family life center oh mm. yeah and like, oh, okay so it's a gym so it's a gym yeah, yeah. <laughs> loud and, and clear like a track in around the, the top of it you <laughs> yeah. know that's above you and you're yeah. sitting there praising Jesus and there's a hoop you know up like six feet above your head that you just want to jump up and dunk on <laughs> 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 Duncan for Jesus. Anyways. Well, it's got like the homecoming vibe. Yeah. Right? Like the, it's yeah, very the much. Yeah. yeah. So we would, we would, that's how Grady and I first met was, gotcha. was doing these band shows and kind of being in the same band circuit. And mm-hmm. one of my favorite memories of Grady, um, and I don't know why. I, the last time I said this, you were embarrassed. You shouldn't be. I'm probably embarrassed now. But, but Keep going, I guess. Grady's band was a, a lot heavier than ours was. They did a lot of like kind of metal and screamo and stuff like that. Gotcha. And Grady would do this bit where there was a certain song. They would, they would like sort of encourage this mosh pit. And everybody would he would get people to pretend to be on like the motorcycle of their dreams. So you could be pretend, like explicitly. Like, he said like, that. Did he no, say that? no? Not like that. Okay. Not like that. But you could be like on an air crotch rocket or like an air Harley Davidson. <laughs> yeah. Like he's like maybe you're leaning back and your hands are up here like a chopper. God, I yeah. fucking many... hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, dude, it was awesome. And then they would get to this uh, epic part of the song, and Grady'd be like, "On the count of three, you're just gonna ride your." air motorcycle <laughs> in a circle and run into each other like a mosh pit dude it was awesome i'll never that's had a long lasting impact i'll never I, forget that I, I i'm so glad that's the impact i've had on your life and dude yeah. you would get to that part of the song and you would just stomp around the stage with this like motorcycle and everybody would be <laughs> running into each other and uh, punching God. each other in and, a church
0: gym yeah in a basically in a church gym so you you uh Oh, I always have, after someone's a guest on the show, I always ask them to nominate the next person yeah. to come on the show. Yeah. And the first time you came on, I said, it's your turn, nominate somebody. And like, I, like I, I sent the text and then I see the, the bubbles come up and it's like Grady Milligan. Yeah, she was like, right skip, away, you didn't even think about did it. Didn't skip a beat. <laughs> why did you, why, why, why do you think Grady's right,
2: right, right to be your nominee? Yeah, Zach, why do you think I'm right to be your nominee? <laughs> um, I'm not trying to get too like cheesy, I guess, or sentimental, but Grady is one of the, I think he's a hidden gem, a yeah. hidden talent in Knoxville. He's a very genuine, you, you, you're one of the most genuine and honest people that I know. And you're interesting and fascinating. <laughs> and I think the more people know you and who you are, the better their life will be. And so that that's why it
3: was a no brainer for me, oh, man. Well, thanks, dude. It's very <laughs> yeah. early for me to like. Cry, but it could happen. It could, this it's is very early in the podcast. This it, is, it happens all the time. This is the best thirty seventh date
2: I've ever been on. <laughs> <laughs> Did, so
0: you guys met doing the band thing?
2: Yeah. So we, we, we yeah. him and I have kind of strange. How long ago was that? Ten years ago? Ten or twelve years ago? Okay. Yeah, we were. You guys were both touring. We were in or just playing school. the same
3: gyms playing the same gym my g- bands were really bad I can't inf- I can't emphasize that Did you enough. play guitar for them? uh no I like screamed and sang and stuff gotcha but in but-
0: the, the uh air Air motorcycle. Yeah, terrible.
3: Yeah. It was really bad. Yeah, it wasn't Zach likes bad, to, no, it was likes to. No, it truly was. Zach likes to bring up stuff that I'm embarrassed about in the past. But but we had a really good time, and I met Zach, so that's yeah. like worth all. Did the you guys ever Mad tour bands. together? No, 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 not really. Okay. I did go play a show once or twice with y'all, like yeah, as a fill in singer, singer.
2: Our singer would um get sick, and Grady was always our go to fill in, mm. and it was always so natural. So at that point in time, we were we had a lot. We booked a lot of worship gigs, mm-hmm. which is basically just a, like a Christian band's version of a cover show. Yeah, that's true. Oh, got That's you. a very like, good... Like Christian covers? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, no, like basically when you go do worship music, you're just playing other people's songs. Right, yeah. Because you're playing whatever worship songs are popular at that What's time. What's the
0: Hillsong, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm talking about, they've got all these crazy
2: worship songs that everybody yeah, loves Yeah, they've got like a thousand... And, yeah, Hillsong yeah. is big, and they've got multiple yeah. like branches. Entities. And and, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So Grady at the time was doing was still doing some worship music and we were in a band that Was doing some worship music. And, and so he was an obvious fill in for any and, a cultural fit. And I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying this, but enough times gone by that I don't care. But I, i, I preferred when Grady would fill in those shows. Ooh, with us. I like it.
4: I like it.
3: <laughs> and I can't speak for the other band members, but uh, I may not be the yeah. only one that felt that way. Well, and, but it gave us a chance to hang out and then yeah. it, it feels like, like uh, time passed And then like a lot of our lives changed and then we like re it's like, well, we never stopped being bros, but we like re kind of like rekindled our like connection and friendship and doing stuff together. In the local beer scene, in the local like music scene. Wait, so I've got a question.
0: Like, I feel the same way about Zach. Is that just your your brand? Like, are you everybody's
3: best friend? I don't know. A little bit. Yeah, I'll answer that. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is. I feel like me and Zach are best friends. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Did we just become best friends? Yep.
3: And if you happen to like move away or have other things for a couple of years, you'll just come back and pick it up, and it'll just be a different version of that same wonderful friendship.
2: That's one thing that I do think is great too about you and I, Grady, is that like. There's there's big chunks of time missing in mm-hmm. our friendship. I mean, I'm talking six years, years, three okay. years, four years, where we would see each other often, then we would not see or talk for four years. We'd see mm-hmm. each other, and then that happened. That's happened a couple times, and yeah. it's we just picked up right where we left off. It's yeah. the
3: best kind, and you can't have that with everybody. Like nope. that's that that is a harder thing to find. And I think one of the things is you know uh, you know you joke about Zach's you know ability to be like best friends with everyone, yeah. but really like you have. I think such a welcoming and inviting presence, you know, in your in your businesses, but in your friendships and doing music stuff together that it makes it really easy because like my life is has changed like crazy drastically so many times in a decade. Um, and And so for in a lot of in a lot of ways for me to be almost a completely different person than I was and be able to just as easily continue our friendship because it wasn't based on like a certain kind of situation or certain things. Yeah, it's yeah a really it wasn't based on thing. who
0: you were at that moment. Yeah, it was based on who you were. Period. In, yeah, period. Yeah, at that yeah. like deep
3: place. So yeah. yeah, you know, I think that's a really special thing Zach brings into. Well, I've any... always,
2: I've always, I mean, it's always like the whole "I love you" and there's nothing you can do about it. That <laughs> yeah. that also sort of means like "I love you" no matter who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So you you had also on an yeah, early, Ozo or, and yeah. then also nominated me oh yeah and then you and i did the, the first podcast uh-huh. and i think that first podcast was like maybe 45 minutes was it it was kind of it was under an hour did it feel
0: abbreviated yeah it could have gone longer could have. they all could
2: and uh the i was next... a little
0: nervous in the early days i didn't want to hit people with a four-hour
2: podcast uh, right yeah, over the yeah, head you yeah, know yeah. i wanted to get it yeah. get, get... build up to it yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so the next day i see Ozzo and i was like hey man how's the podcast with ben it's like, dude, I was at his house for almost six hours. <laughs> I split all the wood in his backyard. <laughs> we we drank like seventeen beers. <laughs> we we talked politics. Yeah. We you know, and 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 I think I'm in love. Like, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, also, literally, goes. I had a feeling that was going to happen. <laughs> so I do have a question. Yeah, uh, Grady, for okay. you. Um, you know, you just mentioned that you feel like your life has changed drastically in a, mm-hmm. in a decade mm-hmm. can you expand
3: a little bit on that i mean sure i mean it, it that's all right to talk strange personal changes on this what's <laughs> again it. Like, okay yeah. i mean honestly for me it's been a lot of everything right because i was this kid who at the same time i was learning music which you know has still continued to be the thing i do with my life um a lot of my life from teenage years till gosh, really the last couple of years had been consumed in doing like faith-based work and stuff yeah. like that. And, uh, I grew think, up in church and all but, that. Yeah. I grew up in that but, and also kind of made like, you know, like a living in it and thought mm-hmm. that's what I was going to do for my whole life. Yeah. And, uh, I think, I think it's still been a pretty drastic shift for some people to adjust to the fact that you're not the that same, that's not yeah. where I, you know, that I'm like about as far away from that as I can be. Yeah. Um, hope, you know, and it's one of those things where like, you hope that Uh, Like I was just saying with you, Zach, and I think you do this well and have made me feel like this is a possibility. But like you hope that people will continue to, you know, be your friend and follow things you do and stuff based on like the content of your character and the way you just treat people in general, regardless of like if you believe something you used to or work in a space you used to. um, How you behave in that moment. Yeah. And so, so, you know, it's just that's been a huge difference. Like that's in. Several sentences describing the most massive shift like right. I ever experienced, but it changed everything. You know, like albums of music were have disappeared from the catalog. You know, because like, it was
0: Christian stuff. Yeah,
3: because it was stuff that like doesn't. And that's represent. not the stuff
0: that you're really doing. Yeah, anymore. it doesn't
3: represent who I am. It doesn't represent what I think. Yeah. Um And you know what I'm saying. I'm not like sitting here saying anything Slamming bad about anyone else's thing. Yeah. I'm just saying it. It. It was no longer representative of what I cared about and yeah. what I wanted to sing about, you know? And, and I, so
2: I bet that could be really tough to, to find some people in your life who, when that part
3: of your identity changed, they lost interest in you. Sure. And Did that happen? I, it's hard. I think the thing is it, I have been fortunate and there's still time because people can decide to pop up yeah. in your DMS and be jerks <laughs> at any point <laughs> at any given moment. Um, But I, I With rare exception, I haven't actually experienced um, a ton of, like, active, I can't believe this, you've disappointed us all, you're terrible, whatever. It's more of just, um, there are just faded voices. You know, there are people you wondered if they would keep up. Mm. There are people that maybe, um, and once again, I'm not trying to say anything bad or malicious towards anybody. It's just, I'm observing, there there are people that... I kept up with a lot of my job was keeping up with people. What was the job um, like? Doing pastor stuff and worship pastor stuff. So I was leading music things. I was like, you know, trying to mentor and guide or whatever combination of verbs. Did you lead some worship or something. Yeah, that, that that's what I did as well. Gotcha. Um, and so, you know, it's just an interesting thing to. You know, see who keeps up yeah. and who doesn't, and, yeah. and and truly, like a lot of people do, because yeah. you know, just like you Zach, yeah. a mo- most people that you run into, like actually, just you know, freaking like people and give a crap, yeah. and and you know, your friendships and your connections weren't based on one or two check boxes yeah. that or you had in common, you went to or what yeah, you, yeah, absolutely right. And yeah. I think I think most people, if you've built a bond of friendship or whatever, it, it tends to survive that stuff, but you know there have been things that have kind of fallen apart and there have and there have been the ones where like i've really really angered people by things i've said or things i've you know spoken up about or things i felt like weren't right um is and, it a big change
0: like from from going to leading worship bands and and being a, a pastor i mean where you are now was it a big shift was it was it sudden or was it gradual uh that's a great question too um so because people tend to be okay with it being gradual, but when it's really sudden, it kind of takes people by yeah, surprise. Yeah,
3: um, these are good questions. Uh, <laughs> this is not what I expected to talk about. So this is the good. This is the deep stuff. Uh, I think it was to a lot of people somewhat surprising or sudden, mm-hmm. um, but not to me. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like my internal world and the conversations I was having with my safest people or closest confidants or people that. I could trust about what I thought about myself or reality or yeah. what I needed to do with my life. Um that was a gradual process of years and a lot of um unlearning things I'd picked up, mm-hmm. things that I thought uh made me more helpful for the world and it felt like upon further examination just the way I believed stuff like were probably causing me to be a little less helpful for the world mm-hmm. and this was a long gradual shift and yeah. but I think it's different when within a year you're not like practically and to the outside observer doing something they thought you would do for ages. Right. Um so I think Seems that sudden to people. them it felt it felt
0: gradual to you because you've probably been internalizing a lot of yeah. this for a while well, without like putting it outward. And Absolutely. I, and
2: I would also think about an analogy like if if I was in a relationship with X and and this person and I over years are are growing apart but I don't share that with you right right yeah if same, if, same deal. if me and Stacy I don't know who I'm just making that name up are fighting or not getting along or growing apart but I, but every time you and I hang, hang out I don't share that yeah how would you know right. I don't share that with you and all of a sudden I say by the way Stacy and I broke up and you'd be like what yeah the breakup That's, seems like a big deal right it seems shocking because Maybe that that in, that inside information wasn't shared with yeah. with everybody. Yeah, I feel yeah, you. I think how that's a you, fair analogy. How do you feel like that major shift and over the past decade has affected your your music and your songwriting?
3: Um, I think like that... I'm
2: I'm curious to know if there's got to be songs
3: in your life that you've written that you.
2: Probably would never
3: would prefer to never play again, absolutely oh well yeah, uh, that's what I was saying earlier uh and i and I get and I gave Zach a hard time, like embarrassing things I did in like bands where we were all young and just trying <laughs> that stuff it's like it embarrasses you, but honestly, it's like fun, and that's part of growing and stuff the the things that are not that simple and just kind of funny and like make you blush a little, the stuff where you really were putting hard work and craft and trying to make art but the motive and the why behind the art is no longer something you think is helpful or, or could recognize even think, with. Or... Yeah. Or even could think might be like harmful, you yeah. know, um, which not all of it was some of it just is, I think, fine music that maybe one day I'll dig out of a thing and like gift it to people who could still use it in some way. And then there, there's like a whole album, like a full length album. I worked really hard on of songwriter music that it's leanings and some of the lyrics in that, Like it is buried forever. Like I'll I'll never let that come out again. So
0: you, you felt like you were not pushing help anymore at some point you felt like you were pushing something that was harmful. Yeah, Exactly. I have to ask, like, oh. did it, did it feel culty or did it feel like you were pushing something I, that I you I think didn't...
3: things for me, and this is another reason too, because I want to be careful to not like blanket statement, like whole you. groups or organizations yeah, yeah, yeah. and things, right? Or um, religions. Of course. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Cause there is, cause even where I am and, and as a, as a pretty, as a <laughs> pretty angry and crusty towards most institutionalized <laughs> things and american christianity right now person and no longer following the faith myself like i also know and i'm still best friends with some folks that are deeply in that uh maybe even leading in it and the way they do it and the way their faith informs how they treat others and what they do for the world and stuff it is part of like what makes them amazing and kind and, and fantastic and, right. and move things. It has forward. good effects on them. Absolutely. And, and, and it does. And it causes help, not harm to other people. Right. So that's why you're right. Like I never want to, you just not blanket statement. Like I right. have a lot of, uh, you know, uncensored things to say about the terrible versions of that. Sure. But I don't want to tear down someone who's doing it. Uh, yeah, doing you don't something want that to, to
0: overshadow the, 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 positive byproducts sure of what it, of what it's doing
3: absolutely i think yeah. there yeah whatever stories or metaphors or thing that you're in that like makes you have peace but also treat others well and treat the world well right on like yeah more power to you absolutely yeah. but i think for me to your question about what it felt like for me my songs uh speaking specifically to my stuff i picked up along the way Um, over a decade and and really from a bunch of different groups and just my own fear and trauma and trying to make sense of a world in a not healthy way Uh, my personal beliefs and lyrics that I had written at certain periods um, had a lot of I I, I try to say it simply like a lot of xenophobic thoughts a lot of suppressive thoughts a lot of us versus them language. A lot of these yeah. things that like, I'm, you know, now you look like a decade later and I'm like trying to spend my life, like committed to undoing those things. Do you, you, do you
0: resent some of the music that you made?
3: Absolutely. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, um, and I think part of that is it's just, it's a lot of, especially I think if you start writing songs young, it just becomes part of the work and the therapy and the, and the self counseling that you spend a lifetime doing like Mm -hmm. any creative is going to do. You're using art to reckon with the things you've thought in the past, things you're thinking now, things you hope to be a part of one day. Um, So as much as I have like a lot of, Religious baggage and things that came with it. In reality, it's—I don't think that's different than anybody's songwriting process. of yeah. Decades, you know, and,
2: and and that expand that that is bigger than just music. Mm-hmm. If if you were to go back and and find someone that kept a journal, yes, and read their journal when they were eighteen versus when <laughs> yeah. they were thirty-two, yeah. I guarantee you they would find something in their journal that yeah. they they're like, "This doesn't represent who I am anymore." Mm-hmm. Yes. And this I do is that th- all the time. Absolutely. I look, I look back at like you know, Facebook statuses from eight years
0: ago. Oh, and Facebook just like,
3: memories is yeah. the most like Facebook memories yeah. when they pop up can be the most like, and a facepalm. Yeah. I'm like,
0: I can't believe I <laughs> yeah, felt that really for <laughs> like
3: jokes that we used to make that we wouldn't make today. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Like,
0: and you feel a certain amount of guilt about that yes, kind of stuff absolutely. too. You feel like you, you feel bad for feeling that way and yes. for outwardly, you know, putting it out into the, and I,
3: well, it, you say that. And just like four days ago, I had a Facebook status pop up yeah. when I was going to be having conversations with a friend about, we were hanging out and talking about all the things I talk about now and everything has changed in our lives. And uh, we kind of laughed because we you know, I was like, wow, just this morning I woke up and here's 2010 Grady saying this thing that I literally just got mad at someone else on saying. Facebook for saying yeah. yesterday. And yeah. I think that brings me one thought is I think the goal is not to, and this is not something I'm super great at, but it's something I'm, Better at than a couple of years ago because this has been a journey of trying to do this. Is I think it is unhelpful to condemn or shame yourself and the past mm-hmm. self, yeah, rather than to observe and learn and be committed to our growth and our change. Yeah. You know, Dude. that's a very different thing. Like people
0: uh, die in that classroom of absolutely. not being able to forgive themselves, Dude, learning absolutely. the lesson, absolutely, you know, to yeah. to like. I can't I can't shoulder that guilt. Like I did some bad stuff. I did I, I did something I'm not proud of and I was a way that I'm not proud of and and but, I just got to let that go and I got to be who I am now. Yeah. Move on from it.
2: Uh, yeah. uh, another ex- example of that that is completely different than music but I think is very relevant is, you know, me something that I've struggled a lot with. My life has been my weight and my health and so Gotcha. There's been moments where you know, I've lost thirty pounds and I and I and I'm the version of me that I want to be. Yeah. But instead of being happy or excited about that, I'm still looking back at being like, Oh man, I can't believe I let myself get to that point. Yeah. A year ago. And 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 it's like settling yourself with unnecessary guilt. And it's like, dude, yeah. you 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 made it. You're here. You're yeah. a better version of yourself now than you were yeah. then. Yeah. Why are you wasting so much of your time looking back at that version? Like, yeah. you know, you talking about looking back at that version of you that you felt like you were writing this music that was harmful. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're not that person anymore. Yeah, You've moved on from that person. Yeah, But it's hard to let it go and not still feel this, yeah. this weight of that version that you were
3: so long ago. Well, well, and I think one thing for me, like a thing that I've been thinking a lot this year. And uh, once again, it's it's one of those things that's easier to preach to someone else, like when I see a friend wrestling with that same stuff, than it is to say it to yourself, like anything, right? Um, But in reality, I've been trying to remember this idea that if every, pick whatever time interval you want, if every six months you look back, or every year you looked back and just took inventory of all Mm -hmm. those versions of yourself at whatever interval, and all of them get like increasingly worse and you're more and more frustrated and more and more wrestling with the guilt and shame of that. I think there's an exercise that can be helpful in flipping the perspective of that and seeing it as, okay, that's really daunting that direction and terrifying. But in reality, like logically (laughs) that means that every, whatever that interval is every year, every six months, everything you're looking back on you're moving towards the direction you want to be going. You want to be going. And I think yeah, that's really right. important. You know, yeah. like I think that's been actually uh, whether I can't remember whether it was a um, book or a counselor or a friend that said that to me the first time, maybe a couple years ago, but I've tried to keep that in my head as often yeah. as I can as someone who is very introspective as someone who is very self condemning too often. Like, I have songs about it. Like, they're all sad. And, you know, I'm a Sadder, relatively laughy person. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I'm this goofy person when I hang out with people. And then they're like, God, that song's sad. It's like, well, that's where I process it all so we can have this yeah, laugh. It's exactly. because it's in this sad-ass song. Exactly. But, Otherwise, I'd be crying <laughs> right Yeah, now. right now. Well,
2: exactly. <laughs> and that actually leads me to a question that I've been dying to ask you. Because okay. you're talking about these songs being sort of a release or a, a place for you to process your sure, feelings. Sure, absolutely. When you sit down... Um, with your guitar, sure. To write, what, what? I'm gonna not to complicate this too much, but what percentage of your motivation or your thought process is I'm gonna write for me versus I'm gonna write for another person mm, versus I'm gonna write for the industry, and mm. I'm throwing the industry in there because sure. I know you have I, to
0: think about that. You have to think about how it's gonna be received. Who, right.
2: will, who will enjoy it? Yeah, yeah. and so. I'm sure. And maybe the, the, maybe the answer is it depends because there might be a moment where you're like, I'm writing this song for me and I don't give a shit if anybody likes it. I've got three
0: songs on this EP. I wrote one for me, one for my feelings and one for the, for the radio. Absolutely. You know,
2: (laughs) how would you break that down in your process?
3: That's a good question. Um, I think, and you kind of said, I mean, I do think with songwriting, everything happens a little different each time because what like brought that song on is probably a little different um, but in the context I love this question in the context of what we're talking about of like life change more than just like Grady what's your process because I'm like I barely have one I just like stumble and get depressed and try to make songs as much as I can
1: do you, and do so, you ever
3: write songs when you're happy
1: uh, <laughs> that, <laughs>
3: that hesitation <laughs> Did you just answer? I had to think about uh I think I wrote no, I think I wrote one this year that I was like like a six out of ten on a happy. Okay. So that was like, you know, that's pretty good. Um (laughs) but I uh I think for me in the context of (laughs) that's really funny, Zach. Um in the context of like where I've come from, the answer used to be almost always, um for somebody else because I was writing in religious context or mm-hmm. church context, trying to help or, somebody with your yeah, lyrics or, or even specifically, um, IPA burp but just,
2: uh, just to be clear we
3: are drinking beer on yes, this podcast we gotta talk
2: about that next and okay. <laughs> and burps are going to happen it's happening this acceptable. is yeah. this is the South okay, Scruffy podcast
3: burp disclaimer yeah I'll lean into it next time I think okay. like really
2: accept it I think it. It. it's part of the experience okay and I like to think that someone is listening to this podcast right now and they're drinking a beer and yeah. they're burping with us o- on Absolutely. their way to work
3: yeah yes. with the just IPA a little beer ASMR for you just a little just a little beer noise uh, uh, I can over open the next one real close to the mic yeah, the, pro- uh, the,
2: the producers of South Scubby Podcast would like to encourage you not to drink and drive yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> please enjoy responsibly uh, please podcast responsibly uh, but I think I think because I was writing for literally like you would think what are, th- what are this room of 300 people going to be able to sing together what's too uh, you know what's too plainly stated what needs to be more metaphorical what helps a you had like very practical, specific like reasons. Criteria. You right. Yeah, criteria. You, you did. And, and I'm not even saying that was bad because like it was, you had a thing you were doing with it. And so I think for me now, I think probably the last like five or six songs I've written, um, have been a lot more of that just internal, using music to make some sense of things going on, make some sense of trauma, make sense of uh, like the last song I wrote, I think I played it last gig you were at Zach, but a song called progress, uh, ironically, it was a lot about this, Uh, pandemic experience we've been living through and the difficulty even of being able to keep processing, like finding it difficult to write songs for any of the reasons you said, like not being able to get words on the page for me, not being able to get words on the page for someone else, Um, sometimes just being stuck in that. So I think it's part of the journey of for me right now of actually being able to answer that question. Like it's hard to sometimes know why I should write each song because Mm -hmm. they're in right, like in freedom in not having a deadline or somebody wanting a specific thing, or you're writing a song for a specific project or because like a pastor has a sermon topic or something around a a topic that you're trying to write a song for. You're you're, you have to actually make that decision yourself of, what do I want to say in the world right now? Do I want to say it for me? Do I want to say it for them? Yeah, exactly. So
0: I got a question real quick. Yeah. Hit me. I want to know, I want to know two things. I want to know something from each one of you. Mm. (laughs) Let's do it. Um, Was there a spot that, that was there a specific event that happened to make you want to make this change from like the, Mm. the, the, the religious kind of faith-based world into the, I'm going to call it the secular world. Like right, right. was it an ayahuasca trip in South America? <laughs> was it <No>. like
2: <laughs> Tell me more about
0: this ayahuasca. <laughs> but what, but it seems like you went through a pretty deep transformation. Yeah. Was there was there a delineation? Was there a point of That's, delineation?
3: That is certainly hard to answer simply, but if I tried to, I would just say I guess I would say when one thing started to unravel in things that I had kind of spent all my belief in. I think most of it unraveled. And so for me, Was it a relationship
0: or was it? No, it was a relationship. I think it
3: was more for me, um, societal and Mm -hmm. like, um, Societal and justice issues. Your your frame of the human race changed? I think, well, I think so. Your framing so. Of, of it? Yeah, or... I mean, my understanding of what I thought there was or wasn't, like, in the universe beyond us changed. But that was changing exactly at the same time. And probably because of, like, I think getting a, for me, healthier worldview of what is actually, like, happening around us. Like, what is actually occurring Two people, what, what things I had said or believed or in yeah. the institution had so did, done to people, yeah. I felt like I needed to walk out of that because it was no longer true or helpful for did me. Did the
0: church world give you like a myopic view almost where you didn't have, you didn't understand what was happening
3: outside of it or well, you, your think, world I think so. was small? I, abso- oh, that's a great way to put it. I think for me, especially because I was so deeply entrenched in it from so young and and, and, and now knowing more things about myself that I wouldn't have known as a kid, because you're just a kid, mm-hmm. you don't you don't have other frames but of reference. You, like you
0: gained some perspective, and it and it changed everything yeah. you believed in.
3: <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. I think I think that's like not putting it too. Uh, I think that's not putting it too broadly. I think that's right. I, gotcha. I think I I saw the world in one extremely narrow way because, and I've thought about this a lot this last year because I have always been a very fearful person. I have always had like anxiety and, you know, would have never known that as a kid, you just mm-hmm. thought you're scared, you know, you would not yeah. have had the context. But for me, I think beyond a church, beyond a God, beyond any of the things, I think what I actually deeply clung to, like desperately clung to in the world was certainty. I think The need for certainty and like feeling like I could find something that made me feel safe Mm -hmm. and I knew all the answers and I knew what was right and I knew what was good rather than like, you know, with a broader, bigger understanding of the world that's that's lived in a very beautiful and kind of scary, complex you know, giant world of gray. And so do you, you think know, like it was the absence of certainty that caused some anxiety? I think it, I think it was uh, like when I was a kid, absolutely. And I think that's one thing that gravitated me towards ideas that would just, this is right. This is wrong. Boom. Done. Easy. Oh, yeah. you do know? you feel more okay Binary with the thoughts. gray now? Yes. And it's, and the thing is, it's so funny because obviously like, like to our, you know, kind of human tribalistic brains that like want to find that little, like just know we're right. And stuff, the gray is scarier, but it also, I think is where like freedom and life and actually being like a really healthy part of a really awesome and diverse world comes from. It kicks up some good dust. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. And I think the thing is ultimately love that. Yes. That's a very good way to put it. And I think it's ultimately a lot less scary than the moments I had of like waking up in the middle of the night, realizing something I had said or believed had like caused hate and harm to a person. Right. That's way. More, that's that. All the nights I've done that over and over over the last five years were way scarier than walking into the world of I don't know what I don't know, and that's yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. You know, try, it's trying to walk in that. It's yeah. it's an interesting. It is an interesting place to write songs from because a lot of my songs recently have been a lot more about what was progress. Uh, Progress
0: Yeah that's what we started talking about So that was actually
2: A question that I had Was would you be willing To share a lyric From that song The the progress song That maybe feels relevant To what we're talking about Yeah so
3: I'll just share the the Chorus stanza uh, Because it was sort of The root of like What it all uh, Because the verses Of that song Just are a lot of Examples of me Like Uh, one of the lines in the verses is just like 30 times across Henley street bridge, trying to make sense of any of this shit. And this idea of like, like this, this feeling like a lot of it's just examples of me, especially this year, just being in these kind of numb spiraling spaces, trying to make sense of stuff, but it all kind of anchors on this chorus, which is, um, excuse me, which is how do you write the song of a life unraveling? How can I compress the paradigms left in the fall? I think I've reached my quota of change for the year, so if you need me, I'll be drowning in progress over here. And I lot to unpack there. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and I, but I think that's like writing songs about that has though. been. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, um, it's just been so different because literally I was writing songs for so much of my life about this is what I know, and even more aggressively, yeah. this is what you should know, and right. this is what you need to get yeah. with, and this, and you're in trouble if you don't get with this. Rather than like my songs now are like help like i don't know anything and i'm stressed out and i don't know what i'm doing um but even mixed in with that is is some some hope you know some like there there feels like a community of oh you've entered the real world where all of us actually feel like that and the entire human race is a really great community of people sure to stumble through all this together with you know rather than like saying things or singing things that seem to always push me further into us versus them world. I'm just like happy to be in the larger, like yeah. we're all kind of in this thing. Yeah. I think it's know? hope
0: versus fear, man. Like, yeah, absolutely. like fear is the, is something that moves people. It mo- it motivates people to make decisions. Yes. It, mot- it motivates them to, yes. to, you know, hope is the opposite of that. Absolutely. Hope is, is, is the one on the other side that, that says things
2: are going to be all right. I'm it's okay. If I'm scared of something. For me, to that point, Ben, it's like hope and fear both motivate action. They both cause movement. Yeah. But fear is usually – fear is the motivator for me to not do something, Mm. and hope is usually the motivator for me to do something. I feel you you know it's yeah. like okay i'm af- i'm not going to do that cuz i'm afraid but i am going to do that because I th- i'm hopeful i'm hopeful
3: and i think if or if fear makes me uh similar to that too i think if fear makes me act it makes me act in the ways i don't want to do anymore like fear makes me like one of the actions fear does is me personally or a group will do the thing we like that thing we call like uh circling the wagons that kind of like you know instead of being open and excited and like being part of the bigger thing like you know this idea of like get your gun guard everybody let's guard our little circle it incites
0: tribalism yes absolutely more
3: so than hope does yes I think for sure yeah because hope I think the thing too is like hope is super freaking risky (laughs) and I love it like because hope like hope actually does the and this has been so scary for me because I'm not pretending like I haven't figured anything out like the whole point is like accepting that like oh I may never figure anything out and that's okay but I'm
0: on a conquest to do so yeah and I'm willing
3: to just be on that right like yeah. like willing to just not know things but not know things in a way that is loving and inclusive in a way that is like with other people yeah and i think there is something risky in hope because it's like you're you're going to a friend's house like you've never been to or you're going to go spend time in a space or at a table or in a culture that is unfamiliar to you and fear will make you back the hell out of that yeah you know yeah. but hope will make you go I hope this goes okay, but I think this is willing, this is worth doing. And so you step into it and you get surprised by like the growth. You get surprised by the little embarrassing moment where you put your foot in your mouth, but nobody like hated you for it. And you just keep growing and keep scooting forward. I love that crap, man. Yeah. Yeah. I live for that. Question for you, Zach. What
0: are we drinking?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man your that's, face before you asked that you had such a such a grin and that's such an easier question
2: too but I just want to re- recap something real quick so Grady what you're telling me is that hope dangles on a string oh
3: so- <laughs> Like Is like, that like a song slow lyric? spinning re- yeah yeah like slow spinning okay. redemption. What? I play I play emo songs for Zach every time he shows up <laughs> at a patio like yeah. immediately. That's an old dashboard conf- an old like fifteen oh, gotcha. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> dashboard confession. I always try to sneak
2: song lyrics into conversation with Grady as often as I can. It. Yeah, as often as I possibly can. So uh so as as of as always i love beer you I've brought de- a six-pack i did yeah. i did i've dedicated i'm
0: glad there's somebody to help us drink it this I'm time we were a little buzz well, last time I,
2: I did bring six pack of, of tall cans oh, of, good, of the good, tall boys good work. the tall hombres uh 16 <laughs> ounces so um yeah i had to bring beer i always bring beer i've dedicated the last six years of my life to to craft beer and absolutely so normally i would bring a local local pint yeah. you know but um Full confession: We stopped at the Murder Kenjo on Central Avenue on the way here. Ooh, how was that? It was scary and yeah. ratchet. Um, and so I got the uh, the the two for three selection. Oh yeah, this is nine dollars nine dollars and ninety nine cents <laughs> worth of beer, <laughs> yeah, right exactly. Here. And it's the it's really good. I brought three regional IPAs, okay. regional asterisks. Uh, on that here in a second. So what I'm currently drinking is the Sweetwater IPA. I love that beer. It's so good. I love the I'm labeling. Drank it it's, for years. It's been a, a classic. If you want to go to the gas station and get a couple beers that are going to get your buzz going, like that's it. <laughs> and it's um, so tasty. So in the in there's a rumor. I cannot confirm this, but uh, the the highest ABV a beer could be uh, in not in Tennessee before 2014 was 6.2 percent alcohol by volume. If you went to Sweetwater IPA in Atlanta, I sw- it was listed as 7-1. Yeah. But if you bought a can in Knoxville, it said 6-2 on the can. That's fine. So I don't know if they were their alcohol was high or not. But anyways, it's a great IPA. It's delicious. You drink four of these, you're going to feel pretty good. <laughs> um, very dank, bright, clean. It's sort of an OG IPA, uh, old school West Coast it's got
0: some uh, like uh, grapefruity or yeah. like floral kind of stuff yeah. to it.
2: It's 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 very grapefruit and pine, and that's where you get a lot of that West Coast hops from. And I love it, man. There's nothing prettier
0: than a six pack of Sweetwater
2: <laughs> IPA in bottles.
0: That's so true. Yeah. Uh, then Grady, their album artwork, or their oh not yeah. their album artwork, <laughs> but their can artwork.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> their album artwork. Yeah. Album drops next week. Yeah. <laughs> uh It's got a little rainbow trout on it, uh, which, which I'm a huge fan of. Yeah, I know you are. <laughs> Well, I've we floated down the boat and fished for these together. Yeah, well, we I watched you fish for these. <laughs> <laughs> I steered the boat. What's the other one? We got two. Oh uh, yeah, more, Grady's right? got the Yeehaw IPA Yeehaw based out of Johnson City, Tennessee. Uh the Yeehaw IPA is a, is a great beer classic uh, again a, more of a west coast style ipa but mostly it's the sexiest can i've ever seen the, just black and it's white bleak. it's just yeah. a black can with this white lettering yeah, and, suit and tie. It's so affair. yeah it's classy this is a beer you want to be caught it's, it's wearing a tuxedo yeah, for absolutely really. <laughs> yeah for sure yes uh, it's it's straight uh, full confession I did a blind taste test of IPAs and that was the one I chose really mm. that was about four years ago okay a lot of uh, the local breweries have changed in a good way over the past four years as they've grown and gotten better but House yeah. is a classic and then for you one of my favorites. This is the beer that I drink if I'm going to a party and I want to get turned real quick. This is the Sierra. I can't Nova- stay long. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Better get to it.
2: This is the this is the ketchup beer. You know that which ketchup's the dangerous. Get- not ketchup. Catch up. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I can see why um, you gave it to me. Yeah, this is the Sierra Nevada Torpedo <laughs> yeah. IPA, and uh, it is high grav. Lots of bitterness. They use a hop oil extract to get that extra bitterness. Is this where the asterisk yes. asterisk yes yes come from? Yes, because uh, I I called them a regional brewery because <laughs> they have a location about an hour and forty five minutes. East of here. Um, but they are a national brand and they're in yeah. thirteen countries as well. But they started in Mil- California, and, right? Uh, Chico, Chico, yeah. California. And
0: then their second brewery they opened. Is in
2: Mills River, just outside of Asheville. Yeah, south of Asheville in twenty six. Yeah. Awesome place to go visit, man. Super cool. Sierra Nevada really is the gold standard for, for what craft beer is is capable of. I, I can agree with the that. way they treat the environment, the way they create their products, yeah. the way they treat their staff and their customers. Yeah. They've been doing it longer than
0: new Belgium. Do, That's so who's true. Kind of been right by on the, I don't yeah. want to say
2: coattails, but like
0: kind of live in that brand a little bit as
2: well. Yeah. I love that. All, every one of their cans says family argued and uh, family operated it and argued over. I love it. <laughs> um, so the, I love uh, that. the, 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 the creator of Sierra Nevada, King Grossman is, is the first craft beer billionaire. Oh, wow. Yeah. His, his net worth is $1.1 billion. Just made it. Yeah. That's a lot. And his son runs the Mills River Brewery and his daughter runs the Chico Brewery. Okay. It is a family, oh, so it's a family it's affair. It's a family affair.
0: So is uh, is Sierra Nevada
2: the biggest craft brewery in the United States? So technically, by definition- Yingling. Yingling is number one. I've taken a Knox Brew tour before. Uh, Sam Adams Boston Beer Company is number two. Okay. And Sierra Nevada is number three. Okay. Uh, Jim but but really? Yeah, Sierra Nevada. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and and is about to change. Uh, Inningling just signed a distribution deal with um, Molson Coors for national distribution. Okay, and so that we, takes them out of the out of when, play. When for craft they're they're so close to the to the to the cap that they're going to probably go the cap over. of being yeah uh, yeah. So in order to yeah, be craft, craft brewery, you brewery. have to produce six billion sorry six million barrels a year or less a year. So once their distribution increases, their production's probably going to increase, and they're going. That's going to take them out of the craft category. Gotcha. It's a good beer
0: too. Yeah, Yingling Lager is a good beer.
2: Yeah, can't I, can't hate it. Yingling was my first craft beer love. Uh, yeah, me too. It was kind of what got me into beer. Uh, the thing, one of the examples of Sierra Nevada being such an outstanding brewery, their Mills River location, every single tree that was cut down in the construction of that brewery. They used the wood from that tree and then replanted another tree somewhere else. What That's do you amazing. mean they use the wood from that tree? They, use would, it take, in the they would use construction? it as, yeah, in the construction or decoration or... Okay. So
0: every single and tree... Then
2: they, and then they offset
0: it by replanting a, a replacement for that tree yep. somewhere else.
2: Yep. They collect... That's some hippie shit, man. Yep. Every <laughs> single toilet in that brewery, in the... In the restaurant, in the, in the office spaces, every single toilet in that entire facility, when you flush it, you're flushing their collected rainwater. Nice. They're using collected rainwater to flush their I toilets. I knew it was lead certified. Oh, it's the only lead Platinum Brewery in the world. Really? Yes. Okay. They produce they, – their entire uh, canning and production facility – is covered in solar panels and their parking lot is as, is as well. Yeah. They produce more power than they use and they sell it they give it back to the community to for the grid f- for free. Pipe it back to the grid for free. They yes. don't even they don't even nope. charge them for it. Nope. That's awesome. Uh, they also use a uh, well water so for all their beer, yep. So they're not pulling any water. Does
0: that from change the Does that change the taste of a of a Sierra Nevada beer that was brewed in, in Mills more. River, North Carolina? Not anymore because they're treating it. They worked out some chemistry to yeah, get it's to all,
2: offset it. Yeah, that's how Yingling, Budweiser, Sierra Nevada. No, that's how all the breweries are able to make beer taste the same around the world. Because mm-hmm. we now have the because technology. they start with the baseline. They we treat have, their water. Start. Yeah. yeah, we now have the 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 technology to treat our water exactly where we want it to be gotcha uh but sierra nevada is is an unbelievable like i said the only lead platinum brewery in the in the in the world that's amazing yeah they they, they're 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 some they they are the gold standard in my opinion that's really freaking cool i didn't know any
3: of those things you just said yeah (laughs) that's awesome no uh
2: we should go to Asheville sometime man i'd love to show you sierra nevada please really fun yeah
0: i'd like to go with you guys Yes, it's it's a really good stopping point. We go down to uh, Charleston for our family beach trips, and uh, it's a it's a really good almost halfway point to stop and uh have a beer, have lunch, let the kids get their wiggles out. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I love. Yeah. That. A lot
2: of the breweries in Asheville don't open until three or four o'clock. So really, my my typical go to is we drive, we get up at ten a.m., we drive straight to Sierra Nevada, hang out there. They for open lunch. at eleven, right? Yeah, have lunch, yeah. have a couple beers. And then go, and then after that, head downtown Nashville. Yeah, hit up those. Yeah, I'm dry, boys. I think all this beer talk's making oh, me thirsty.
0: Should Grady play a song? If he wants to. Do you I want can, to? I could play a song. Yeah. What I'll, about progress? I would do, you yeah, you you do you
3: progress. Would you That's be cool fun. with that? Yeah, I would.
2: Let's, let's set that up. Let's grab I'm a beer, ma- maybe pee in the woods, and set this <laughs> guitar
3: up.
0: Yeah, I'm going to move some mics around. <laughs> okay. Let's do it. Does that sound good?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Studio mode.
1: <laughs> yeah oh, that it sound awesome. alright
3: I think this will work Dude, this yes. sounds awesome okay thanks <laughs> alright progress yeah this song is called progress it's a song in progress off a upcoming EP that will be called progress <laughs> so <laughs> here it goes <laughs>
1: Times across Henley Street, break. trying to make any sense of this shit. As I let the same side record play again, I am waterboarding myself existential dread aimless walks and deflective miles sunset spirals and two damn punctured tires as I'm faking war My own fight or flight I am Losing track of my life in this pointless string of nights And they say I should write about it That nothing good comes without it I'm trying How do you write the song of unraveling how can i compress the paradigms left in the fall i think i've reached my quote of change for the year so if you need me i'm drowning in progress over there. All my friends show their kindest selves I feel so ungrateful when I still feel like hell Every week I watch them, they look so inspired While I am Feeling more than guilty and so inexplicably tired And they say I should write about it Nothing good comes without it I keep trying How do you write the song of life forever? paradigms left in the fall. I think I've reached my crown of change for the year. So if you need me, I'll be drowning in progress over here. Is it why
2: Okay. Okay. So, in that song that you just sang, was awesome. Thanks, dude. And it it was really special to hear it also on the heels of you talking a little bit about it earlier in the episode. Okay. Good. I, I do have a few things that you know. For for the for, first off, I could hear the whole band.
3: Yeah, it, 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 it's definitely a song. I can't wait to actually produce with put a band full, behind. Yeah, full things. No acoustic. There won't be acoustic guitars on the EP, you know. So I can't wait to hear the actual punch of that.
0: Yeah, is I mean, that how that goes though? You write it with an acoustic guitar and then bring a band in, melody I, it up behind that. Yeah,
3: and other people. I mean, if I had any like, if I had an electric guitar rig right now, I would be writing from it. But I'm currently electric guitarless in my life, and thus Dude, I'm writing on the mine. acoustic. I probably should. Yeah, thank you. You want to just move in? Absolutely. Matt don't don't I, don't just you know you can't just throw that out as. You want to get an
2: apartment together? <laughs>
3: <laughs> you want to open a bar? We can do karate in the garage. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Okay. So yeah, I could definitely hear the full band. I mean, I could hear the drums, the everything. It was really cool. Um, I noticed in the second verse. You made a statement about punctured tires mm-hmm. two punctured tires mm-hmm.
3: what, what where is did that a that... tiger woods reference <laughs> <A tire>. <laughs> <laughs> that's so no no i literally, I literally have uh holes in both of my front tires and just keep filling them up instead of buying new tires okay. yeah that's so funny so the, lyric, the first lyric and... you asked about was the most literal one, which is like well, I, I, need I to... needed to know where that lyric came like yeah. what inspired that lyric yeah, I mean because a lot of a lot of the first are you referring to
2: the car that we rode here in? Yeah, you're fine. I filled it up this morning.
3: <laughs>
2: Fix
0: a flat to yeah. the teeth. <laughs> yes.
3: To the brim. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you're safe. I I, I pumped it up this morning. The light wasn't on. <laughs> you have a uh, look. It's, it's a good metaphor, look. though. Yeah, I mean, because it, it, it actually, right. You know, it, it works on other layers. And But the thing is, it's so funny that that's one of the most literal things I wrote. So
2: I could have asked you about <laughs> several of the other lyrics, and there would have been a 10-minute answer. Yeah.
3: But that one, you were just like, there's I got two flat tires. tires. I got two flat, tires. well, and the thing is, like both of that that kind of first, whether whether that's verse one or verse two or a, a longer verse one, uh, you know, the driving across Henley Street Bridge, the yeah, the punctured tires, the line before that is you know the aimless walks and uh, deflective miles. Like it 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 is coming from that place of I got those holes in my tires in this you know pandemic year when we've been so much going nowhere you know just driving to process like driving to not see the same four walls driving to um try to see if it helps like a lot like
2: statistically if there was a year that you're the least likely to get a flat tire 2020 would be it because it you're probably driving your
3: vehicle less oh no
0: that's (laughs) bullshit man because there's so much construction going on right now there's (laughs) nails in the road all
3: over the place one of them does have a nail in it so you are correct for sure yeah
2: (laughs) so in your, in the bridge of the song, yeah, you sort of asked a question. You said, "Correct me if I'm misquoting here." You said, uh, "Is it wise to dream?"
3: Yeah, that's the first. That first line is, "Is it wise to dream when I've woken every day before?" Are, yeah. are
2: you af- are you afraid to dream, or are you feeling that there is potentially negative outcomes of of is it is that more of a, a figurative dreaming or literal? Uh,
3: yeah, I think, good question. I, I think it's both for me. I think I, I and, and this is alluded to in a, in a song we, we didn't play, but you've heard before called Saboteur, and uh, the bridge of that song talks about how um, my anxiety and depression and other just things I wrestle with um, can cause me to like feel like dreams kind of get snuffed right when they start. Um, not not always actually true, but it's that feeling that they will. Um, and I think this this bridge alludes to a similar thing in that is like, it, oh, go ahead. Is it kind of like if you dream and you get shot down, that's hurtful and it's just easier to not dream in the first place? I think there's some of that, right? I think in there's the idea, I think that's what the metaphor of uh, waking every day before, right? Like if you've uh, felt like all the things you've tried or projects you've started or business ventures or whatever, any, any, whatever anybody's specific, maybe similar experience might feel like that makes them feel that fear. You can feel a sensation of, you know, not trusting the ability to dream. Cause you know, you're just gonna, you're just gonna wake from it. And, and I do try to write, this is another thing since like last year, I, I am trying to write songs that are a lot more um, for me honest snapshots of an exact moment. So I don't actually feel that way all the time. I, I'm i trying to do creative work. I'm trying to dream. I'm trying to, even in this terrible year, I'm trying to like do things I care about and be committed to doing so. Um, but I think that song was really important for me to be writing because so many days, so many hours, so many weeks of this year have felt exactly like all the imagery in that song feels of what's the point of look at my friends. They're still doing stuff. They're trying, they're having hope. And I'm feeling like, I don't know if there's a point to any of this right now, you know, like, so it's trying to write the honest snapshot of that moment. um, Because while that's not where I am all the time, certainly, um, I think there's something in trying to say without apologizing for it, how negatively that moment can feel. Like even the whole the the whole crux of the song, right? That big the big line at the end of the chorus of, you know, I think I've reached my change of quota for the year. You know, I I don't think we actually have that. I want to never stop growing in any year. But But you
2: can hit a point where you feel, feel like, like you've had it. Absolutely. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. Like I think and I think a lot of us for the there are as many there are as many stories that get to that wall as there are humans living through this year. But we have all hit probably multiple times that moment this year of like i can't do any more today you know and and the next day like you get once again hope you get that amazing surprise of human resilience and like oh hell like we can we can actually do the next day cuz yeah. humans are freaking amazing and it's really exciting um but i i just like i imagine you guys have have hit that moment a ton this year where it's just like nah, (laughs) like I, 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 am done. Yeah. 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 Like I'm done with the trying and the learning and the process and the progress today. Um, knowing that I'll wake up tomorrow and be surprised that like hope will actually be there and I'll be wanting to try the next day, you know? So this whole like movement of
0: you towards a little bit more of a like introspective or even existential view of, what you're going through, but also what other people are going through. Yeah, I noticed that you've taken that into even a bigger brand, and like a you, you're doing a podcast, right? Yeah, the To and From podcast. Yeah, yeah. what
3: what's what's that whole deal? Yeah, about? so the podcast has been going on for almost two years now since we're some since somehow like woke up and we're like in fall already, like you know as this year like zooms by and. Goes at a snail's pace all at the same time, uh, but I, think I feel two, that, dude. You know what I'm saying? It's this year has been s- lightning fast, and also to still When's com- it gonna be over? A decade. <laughs> yeah, it's been a decade as well. Um, but the to and from podcast has been um, the the line that I say in my little opening spiel every episode. One of the little lines in that is uh, it's for me. It's a record of process and transformation through creative and intentional living. And so I think the podcast, it's actually interesting. I'm not going to take down any episodes, but I often like if I'm sharing people of sharing episodes, trying to get someone to check it out, I don't tell them to go chronologically because that's two years ago me. And it's not like right my favorite but I think that's what I want it to still be. Well, well that's be a, what you wanted it, it to be at the time. Exactly. So
0: you have to you have to pay respect to that. Yes. It, it I makes think so. it no less
2: valid. Yes. The fact that it's just a different you. Yes. And you I You could go back and re-record an
3: intro. That's an interesting idea
2: and too. Just like say, an intro to Hey, this intro. is this is Grady twenty twenty. Uh you're about to hear a podcast of Grady twenty eighteen. Yeah. What I chose an I thought. chose to keep it because this is an accurate record of where i was at at this time that's a really good idea maybe actually i I think it's a bit of a cop-out though because i think it takes it out of the time capsule it Mm -hmm. it
0: it removes the it removes what it was at the time and i think Mm. what it was at the time is very important
3: yeah I think those are both fair thoughts. I'm actually going to put some more thought into that because that's an interesting idea.
0: Yeah. Well, sorry to disagree with no, you. Zach. No, is no, this good. is this our first time. Every disagree, first fight. <laughs> I love it.
3: I sang a. I get, I get Do you first want to drink song. About it? <laughs> yeah, I get to watch the first fight, and I got to sing a song. I feel, I feel honored. Um, no, but I. What, I what, yeah. So,
0: what's the podcast about? Like, it, it, it seems to me like it's a little bit of an extension of your of your new journey. You know, and it seems I like you so. have a new journey. Yes, every little bit yeah <laughs> and I don't think there's anything wrong with that
3: no no I, I don't think so uh, I, don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that is either. it though yeah. is it
0: is it a new is it a new push is it you pushing your new your new thoughts and and trying to get those out there
3: I think it I mean I think it has kind of like maybe what you were saying even to a point of why you might disagree with Zach's statement of I think it's been an accurate representation of wherever I was in every episode for the last two years and so I think at you know at at the beginning of the podcast, even though I was less publicly and more quietly already internally kind of on the journey yeah. of like where I am now and what I think I wasn't necessarily saying any of that or even kind of like supposed to necessarily because of my job and things. Yeah. Um, but, but I think as, especially like as you cross the threshold of episodes that were happening last year and every episode that's happened this year um, it feels like, I don't know. It feels pretty accurate to where I've been. And and I think, and it's an interesting, so what's what's interesting is that it's, except for maybe two episodes, I think, not a podcast where I am uh, the, like, featured guest or, or like, a a monologue podcast. Like, there's, like, maybe two episodes. Um, So it's been interesting to, if I go back and listen to episodes, as, like, a side plot of the show watching old me, like change and say different things through the lens of conversations that are focused on like a guest. Right. <laughs> so that's an interesting thing. So it's to not necessarily
2: like we're not seeing you change by talking to you. We're seeing you change by how you're
3: communicating with someone else. Yeah, like it, it that's what's what'll be interesting when I go back and watch my response to questions, my response to things the guest is saying. My uh and, and this is stuff I guess only I would know or someone really close to me would know, but things I'll know that like things I'll remember someone saying and in that moment remember I wasn't able to say a thing I thought at the time and then like two years later an episode you know a similar topic will pop up and I definitely say the thing I'm allowed to say now (laughs) it's just it's interesting to just watch how I I changed as a host Um, but I but I think and I hope because I I would kind of get freaked out if a podcast was like just all about me talking about my own things that freaked me out a little bit I hope that mainly it's a podcast about showing off really awesome friends and the creative work they're doing and the journeys they're on. Cause I think that's in this less, we're in the middle of this like pretty big meta conversation about my life right now that we've been in for a little bit at this table, but you know, on the very just practical sense, each episode is usually just about a friend and the awesome art they do or music they do. I've had, um, I've had a friend on a couple of times who is a teacher and a counselor and just wanted them to come on because the way they think is just really exciting to cool. hear them talk about. Uh, yeah. My friend Becky's episode about failure is just freaking great. Which, you know, where do we, where do they find that? Uh, so the to and from podcast is on all, uh, wherever Apple Podcasts, you pod, Spotify, all those things. To yep. and from. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah. The, With Grady Milligan. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and because it's so small and stuff. You usually have to type both. (laughs) (laughs) If you type the to and from podcast and then type Grady Milligan, it'll pop up. (laughs)
2: one, One of the things that you, that's been a very common thread in our conversation, uh, reminds me of one of my favorite cartoons. It shows, um, it shows a picture of a caterpillar having a cup of tea with a butterfly. Yeah. And the caterpillar has a thought bubble and it says you've changed. And the butterflies thought bubble says we're supposed to.
3: Ooh. Oh gosh. Like That's it. really good. <laughs> yeah. I'm down yeah. with that. I love that.
2: Yeah. And thank you for
0: proving my point for me. Do not re-record <laughs> the intro <laughs> because the fact that you've changed is not a bad thing. <laughs> And it's good that it's documented, too. Yeah, I think there's know?
3: something to that as well. And I
0: think there's some texture there that you can draw from it and look back at yourself and look back at whoever you were talking to and say, you know, I, I feel differently than I did two yeah. years ago, and that's okay.
3: Yeah. I'm
2: tempted to defend myself, but it's your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, Zach. It's your podcast, man. Okay, we're at your Also, house. Zach so, was yeah. on the
3: podcast, and we had a really good I time. I was a, a
2: very fortunate individual to be a guest on your podcast. And I'll never forget the conversation we had because- Ben, almost our whole conversation was about not being afraid of failing, but being afraid of not trying. I feel that. Um, The fear of not trying being greater than the outcome. Sure. The potential, the outcome.
3: And 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 it was so weird to be talking about that right before the world ended kind of yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: well zach was over here right when uh i I don't remember if it was the first six-pack with zach episode or if it was the one where uh you came on by yourself uh and didn't interview me but uh right afterwards there was uh we stepped out to the fire and we talked about like man this covid thing could be a big game changer yeah and uh like I said, I don't remember which episode that was, but I know that we both felt like the world was going to change a little yeah, bit. Yeah. And know. we didn't talk about it when we were on the mics, no. but it was underlying.
2: Yeah, it was. It, it was a big deal. S- it's certainly done that. I mean, we haven't had Knox Brew tours. We haven't ran we haven't operated in the way that we normally would since the the second week of March. Wow, so that's it's been It's been over 6 months. Yeah, it's yeah. been
0: more than 6 months. Okay. So to it, so your 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 bar endeavor, yes. Opening Brew opening hub. the bar, Knox yeah. Brew Hub, yeah. Woo-hoo. AKA it's the in, hub. It's in the old uh, casual pint downtown, spot yeah. on Union Avenue. Yeah, four twenty one. Yeah. So I used to live it's in the almost daylight. Four twenty. It's 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 a minute late. <laughs> yeah. So so, uh, I used no, to live in the you daylight
2: smoke at four twenty. Kicks in at 421. Then you walk, you walk <laughs> to one twenty one and you yeah. show yeah, up. Absolutely. Or four twenty one and you show up. That sounds about well right. Well played. Well
0: played. Yeah. I used to live in the daylight building and I was always over at casual pine checking yeah. it out. And it was always such an endearing space, but, and, and I don't want to disparage anybody. I don't want to say anything bad about the casual pine because I think they're, they do great work, but it felt like it needed to be a neighborhood spot. And it felt a little bit commercial because of what uh casual pine is. I mean, it's how many different franchises, you know, yeah. a number of them. Yeah. And, and now you've taken over that space and you've, Uh, kind of made it, I think, or it, it, I've, I've been there. It's, it's in the midst of being the neighborhood spot.
2: Dude, I'm really excited about it. So our, our vision for the hub is basically, we want to be a visitor center for Knoxville beer. We want to be a headquarters for Knoxville So you want to be what Visit
0: Knoxville is except for, for For beer, craft beer. Yeah. Yeah. Any, people love beer, by the way. I don't know if you heard. Big fan.
2: Uh, (laughs) Cheezing real hard over here. <laughs> if my dream, here's here's my dream for Knox Brew Hub. Okay, and it may be a little extra, but you know, extras extras my my, shit, man. my 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 speed. Yeah. My hope is that any time anyone comes in contact with someone that wants to learn more about craft beer or Knoxville beer, they say you need to go to the hub first. Yeah. I want them to come to our space and when they leave our space, feel like they have a better understanding and a better grasp of the Knoxville beer community and the Knoxville beer culture and the product that we're creating as a community. Yeah. That's, that's the dream. Okay. That's what I'm hoping that that's we will That's a good accomplish.
0: baseline to work from.
2: I want to be, this sounds absolutely batshit crazy. Um, and a lot of my friends tell me I'm, we're going to pull it off. I'm skeptical, but, I want to be the only bar, or at least that I know of, that is successful by sending people to, to encouraging people to go drink somewhere else.
0: Yeah. I like it. I mean, that's, that's, that like, sounds anti business.
2: Well, it does, but that, but that, it also sounds
0: uh, very much in line and congruent with like startup culture. Yeah. Which is, think about this in a completely opposite way that's ever been thought of before. Don't don't open a bar because you want to pour people beer, open a bar because you want to prop up the community. Dude, yeah. I
2: want to open a bar to change the way that people experience and see beer in this city. Yeah, that's why I want to open a bar, and and my you know my brother said we're gonna be the only bar that encourages people to go to other bars. Dude, and-
0: that that's that it it sounds you're right bat shit crazy is comes to mind, but then again like it, it's a little bit of a. Smart move, in that it's completely antithetical to what everybody else has ever done.
2: Well, we're we're um we're the hub, right? We're that's the name is the hub. That was smart to name it that, and to brand it is that. And, and we're we're in the we're in the middle of downtown because Knoxville, you are too.
0: the fucking Switzerland <laughs>
2: of. <laughs> Craft beer we in hurt. Knoxville, Tennessee. Oh, yeah.
0: You know, you you have been yeah. though with Knox Brew Tours. Yeah, we you have know? you've yeah. always you've you've never had a brand that you were pushing other than your own. But, right. but your own brand but, with Knox pushing Brew Tours other was, was was yeah to shine light. I on... think you've
3: proven it right, like that, like just like what you're saying. That credibility is it's not who's this guy showing up and saying he's going to be the hub for all of us. It's oh, it's Zach, the dude who's been championing yeah. all of our stuff. Who's for been six helping you sell beer? Yeah. Well,
2: and this, and this makes me a little bit uncomfortable, but you know, I have to try to just be honest with myself. Like Matt Malone, you know, who's one of my best friends, my roommate, he's a bartender at Alliance. Okay. He said to me, he said, Zach, you've, you know, you've dedicated six years of your life to, to building the breweries up in Knoxville. And there hasn't really been a way for them to show you their gratitude other than to let you bring tours through here. Yeah. And now, which you,
0: helps them too. Correct. Right? So yeah. it's not a completely, uh, altruistic, it's not, a, yeah. a, it's not a completely altruistic endeavor for yeah. them. Right.
2: Right. But he's like, you now have an, have an, have an avenue for them to find a way to give back yeah. to the hard work that you've done. And, and what excites me is the way the breweries are going to give back is they're going to sell and create beer for me that will be available at the hub and will not be available anywhere else. in the So they're going to, they're going to, is it a licensing thing or are they just no, going to create They're just going to choose to sell that beer to me and no okay. one else. So small batch stuff. Yeah. We're going to be, we're going to have a tap on our tap wall that will always be a collaboration beer that we do, <laughs> that we do with breweries. And I say we emphatically because 99% of the time collaboration beers are just collaborations between breweries gotcha this is going to be a collaboration between a bar and a brewery gotcha where someone on our staff or me or whoever mm-hmm. is going to partner with a brewery and create a product that they are excited about that's personal yeah, to them that's awesome. <laughs> and then <laughs> that's that so beer cool. will only be available at that brewery yeah or at the hub
0: yeah
2: and to, to kick it off we're doing a collaboration with pretentious beer company it's going to be Love our first guys. collab uh, they have a, a great German pilsner called the Chug Life. Yes. Big fan of German pilsners. Yeah. <laughs> so we're taking their Chug Life and we're going to be dry hopping it with a new New Zealand boutique hop that is actually Cascade grown in New Zealand. So are you familiar with terroir, like the grapes for wine? No. Okay. So some, there's But when a, you said you were going to hop my German pilsner, I stopped <laughs> listening. <laughs> so some people... Some people uh have the philosophy that if you take a plant that's native to an area okay and you forage for grow it somewhere else mm. is it the same plant
0: yeah, I understand that from right. like a heart 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 different grain
2: yeah. grain or sorry different ground soil different water chemistry different sunlight different is it the same plant right so someone is taking cascade hops, which is my favorite hops, and they are growing them in New Zealand. Okay. And they're calling it. Where their, do they usually grow? Uh, s- Pacific, southwest, or northwest, Pacific. Pacific, northwest. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Washington, Oregon. Um, is it the same kind of latitude? Deal? No, very different. Very complete different. opposite. And okay. this the growing season is the opposite because it's in the southern hemisphere in New okay. Zealand. So we're taking that hot variety and we're dry hopping this Pilsner to make a unique v- variation of it for, oh, our, for our opening. And because we're called the Hub and the beer is called Chug Life, we're calling it Hub Life. I like it. Um, and so that's just an example of one of, and, and pretentious isn't even going to sell that beer at their brewery. The only place we will be able to get it is at the hub. It's awesome. Yeah. Dude,
0: I'm so fucking pumped about the hub, dude. I gotta tell you, I'm so pumped. I'm gonna be there all the time.
2: I hope I hope so, man. I I've been there all the time, and I'm gonna continue to be there all the time for the little the next little bit. You're gonna have to be. If I wasn't, if we weren't recording this podcast right now, I'd be at the bar. Yeah, I know. And that, that's why I appreciate you
0: you know taking some time to be here. Dude, we gotta we gotta tell people about the uh the Clinch River float we did because that was so cool.
3: It was unbelievable. See, I'll just tell Grady about it. Okay. okay, actually this is perfect. Y'all just tell me and the audience will hear hear it as well. So, yeah. so tell ben, me about it.
2: <laughs> ben works for a great production company and called Pop Fizz. Okay. And Pop Fizz, I love this. One of the things they're really creative about is finding uh they, they take these weeks out of the year where they sort of do team building, creative thinking, sort of like workshops type stuff. Well, one of the ideas they had this year, um they had a theme for it. It was called Float On. It was like a whole, you know, we're going to survive COVID together kind of thing. And one of the crazy ideas Ben came up with was to use the Knox Brew Tours bus to shuttle the the crew up the Clinch River. And we were going to put in the Clinch River and float down together. And then me and one of our drivers were going to get everybody home safely. And, dude, it was Fucking awesome! <laughs> how many so we had? How many stops on the Clinch River? We had three stops, and each stop we uh, paired with a different beer. So we
0: put our our from Clinch and, River Brewing Company. Yes. So we put our canoes and kayaks in
2: on the Clinch River,
0: and we started to float. And after you know, uh, forty five minutes, minutes yeah, yeah, we pull over, and there is Zach and Knox Brew Tours with Clinch River Brewing, and I'm like this beer, beer tasting. Yeah. This is
2: a blah blah blah. It pairs really nicely with a blah blah blah. You might get hints of blah with notes of blah, and then your tongue might, you know, whatever. Yeah. And we did beer tastings on the clinch with lunch too. Yeah, we did have lunch, and we would stop and swim and eat, and and I wouldn't drink because I was one of the DDs, and uh, it was just it was an nip- epic. We saw a, we saw a bald eagle. We did see a bald eagle. I saw we saw two otters. Yeah. We saw uh, we my buddy Johnny caught a rainbow trout oh, that's straight awesome. off the bottom of the river. Nice looking one, too. It was, and he, he... Oh, my gosh. It was the most avatar moment I've ever had in my entire life. <laughs> you know how like an avatar when when he like kills the thing and she's like, thank you for your spirit, you know? Mm. So Johnny's fishing. He catches this rainbow trout and he takes the hook out and then he reaches in his back pocket and pulls out this knife and he reaches over the edge of the boat <laughs> he reaches over the edge of the boat And he looks at the rainbow trout and he goes Thank you for being here Thank you for existing Thank you for providing me with dinner tonight You're beautiful And then oh, Slits wow, its dude. throat Oh my gosh. Wraps it up in a plastic bag Puts it in the cooler with our like seltzers You know, a non-alcoholic seltzer And he fed his family And then he went home that night and cooked it for dinner for him and his wife That's yeah. freaking
0: cool, man It was cool because it was a Knox Brew tour on the Clinch River. On the River, Clinch River, drinking which, Clinch River Brewery beer, drinking Clinch River Brewing beer, which the ladies at Clinch, Clinch oh. River Brewing are killing kicking. ass. Oh yeah, yeah. They're uh, they're making some of the best beer in town. Yeah, oh, yeah. And like, no like this isn't a,
2: a great example of of how I feel really lucky and blessed and like excited about the Hub is I sent Jordan a text and yeah. I was like, "Who's the head brewer at Jen Clinch River?" Jordan Skeen. She's a total badass. Yeah, she's the best. Yeah, and I was like, Jordan, I'm gonna, I need, I'd like to sell some Clinch River beer at the Hub. And she was like, what do you want? I was like, what are my options? She's like, anything we have is yours. Just tell me what you want. It's yours. I'll because bring it you've to done
0: you. so much for the community, man. And then she
2: was, what do you want that we don't have? I'll brew it. Oh my gosh, that's awesome.
1: <laughs> that's so cool. Uh, I and I was that. like,
2: bro. <laughs> <laughs> it it blows my mind. And um, it's, it's weird how it feels like the last six and a half years of my life have been building up to this moment, but this moment wasn't even a realm of possibility in my mind three, five weeks ago, six weeks ago. How do you, how do you have, and Grady, maybe you've got an experience like this, but how do you spend six years of your life building up towards something that you didn't know you were building up towards until, until it presented itself to you? You know, it's like, when I started Knox that's Brew a Tours, question.
3: right? <laughs> that's, that's a question. <laughs> yeah.
2: When I started Knox Brew Tours, I was like, "Wow, the time I spent working with middle school children at a church helped me prepare for this. The in time the I band? Was, yeah, the yeah. time I was performing in a band helped me prepare for this. When yeah. I was a DJ, helped me prepare for this. I mean, this. I
0: think that's an archetype of successful people. Like it, it kind of the
3: the thing before it built built the thing next. And I think like having sense. the perspective. And like the eyes to see that too, that like literally like all of the life that you've lived so far, like has something to tell you about like the next endeavor you're doing, you know? And I think you do that well. I think you bring all of the things that make you Zach into the stuff you do really freaking well. So I
2: I haven't shared this story with, with anybody and definitely not being well being recorded (laughs) with these two dudes. (laughs) Weird, weird first date. Um. (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) um <laughs> the entire process of considering acquiring that space until the day that we signed the lease was about 13 days really short yeah um i remember when you were going through it man and, and, and I, you're
0: always in this kind of constant state of like what's going on next like what's what's the next thing what's what's going on and, and when i heard you talking about doing this i knew it was going to happen yeah. From yeah. From the from the second from the second you started talking about it because it, it seemed like such a a sure play, especially with the space that Knox Brew Tours was in with COVID. Because yeah. that's that's a big deal too. Yeah. And so I wondered, did that
2: Is that spur- gonna have a positive or a negative impact? Well, no,
0: I wonder if that spurred the decision to do it. Did you did you look around and say, Hey, I'm vulnerable? like well, a, my my business model is vulnerable do i have to do something different to you know continue yeah. this mission
2: so and succeed the there's a 100% chance that this would not have happened if it was not for covid really is and, this gonna be the best thing to come out of twenty twenty? The brew might. hub? Dude, I don't know. I also kind of fell in love this year, so that might be the best thing to come out of twenty twenty. Okay. I like that too. But we can talk about that another episode. Um, <laughs> Cause that we don't have the time for that conversation. Um we're gonna watch the sunrise if we if we get into that time. I don't care about your feelings. <laughs> Tell me about the bar. That's why people go to bars. Um so for me, it, it wasn't so much about Knox Brew Tours. Really? Yeah. Because one of the benefits of Brew Tours was when we're not operating, most of our expenses go away. Yeah. So so if we're not operating, our baseline to exist is is a very small number. Yeah. So that that helps. So it wasn't like, oh crap, we're spending money and bleeding money. Yeah, oh, I got to figure I... out a way to pay my staff. Yeah, it, and and my staff, my staff was all part time. Yeah, so they had their their full time jobs. They didn't lose their full time jobs. They were like, it was fine. So that wasn't that was actually re- easier than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. Casual Pint was a successful business. If they had wanted to sell that business in an up year, they would have sold it f- for way more money than I could have ever. Paid for so it. you made an opportunistic move. I mean, they ultimately th- th- it was a per they were successful, yeah. They didn't go out of business, they chose to stop operating their business because COVID it was the end of their lease. The franchisors weren't interested in that space anymore, they were raising kids. Also, the COVID response has been different
0: downtown. For sure. And in West Knoxville. Absolutely. And and you, you've heard uh, downtown businesses gripe about that. Like yeah. I, I drive out west and I see people operating business as usual because they don't have all the eyeballs on them right. all the time to, to operate within these, you know, county right. or city driven confines. Right. Um, so downtown businesses were very scrutinized. And if yeah. people were going to be drinking in bars downtown, that was going to reflect very poorly on yeah. the people that own them. And so for them, it seemed like it was very much a downtime. Yeah, and, and and so whereas their west location
2: at North Shore might be thriving. So so essentially, the previous owners, yeah, did not have a business to sell. Right, they weren't selling a casual pint. All they had. Was what do you some mean stuff. they don't have a
0: business to sell?
2: Like, if I sold you Knox Brew Tours, mm-hmm. I'm selling you the buses. I'm selling you the branding. I'm selling you the book, the following the book of I'm, business. The, right. Yeah, But if if I wasn't selling you the brand mm-hmm. and I wasn't selling you the logo and I wasn't selling you our social and I wasn't saying all I was selling you was our buses, that would be worth a lot less. Right. And so that's where the casual pint got in, got into
0: is they right. were,
2: their brand was elsewhere. Right. I wasn't buying a business. I mm-hmm. was just buying the stuff that was in that space. Yeah, you're buying the space. And that ended up happening at a much favorable a uh, situation than I anticipated because of COVID. Mm-hmm. The second hurdle that we had to come across was um, the landlord, right? What's the the mm-hmm. terms of the lease? Right. Because I'm sure they want a five-year lease. They so wanted a five-year lease. Did they? Yeah. And the landlord also didn't want to, to, to really discount their lease. Yeah. But this is a different climate. It is. Yeah. So I don't want to get into the details of, of the arrangement sure. we made, Yeah. but I will say it was a very favorable lease because of covid that would not have ever existed if it wasn't for covid and then the third part was we needed a little bit of financing to 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 create a budget to open this project and the banks are not they don't have a lot of loans right now Yeah, and they're they need locked up. and they need more they want they want to lend more so they have more inf- oh, more flow yeah and so we were able to get financing to to, to, to at a low interest rate uh, yeah Yeah, there there was like four things that had to happen lined up exactly a certain way, or we weren't going to do it. Yeah, and all they all happened exactly that way.
0: So does that mean that? Does that mean that you don't have a lot of wiggle room for failure?
2: Or no, it means I have tons of wiggle room for failure. I like that. And the reason I say I have tons of wiggle wiggle room for failure is that, I mean, you know. Sure, I took on a little bit of debt to start this project, but of n- not much more than like two new cars I mean it's yeah. like what's the risk there in a lifetime of that that's yeah. that's I can make that money up if i if I just go work eighty hours a week at a McDonald's
0: so are you approaching it in a slow way or in a right now kind of way? Are you seeing this as a you know i am sure you're seeing it as a long long term plan yeah, but You know, do you see the biggest
2: opportunity being now? It's not necessarily that the biggest opportunity is now. I think the biggest opportunity is later. We are limiting our capacity now. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of things that I hope and wish and want to do with that space that I can't do now. I want to do a secret bottle shop in the back office. What's that? Like hard and rare to find, rare and hard to find beers. Yeah. Like a liquor store, but instead of a liquor store, it's all... You know, bomber bottles and two liter bottles. The stuff you can't get. The stuff that you can't just go to Kroger and buy or go to a liquor store and buy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I guess it's not a secret if I talk about it on a podcast, but like I have a dream. We have a door that has access to our back space from an alley. I want somebody to go and ring a doorbell and... The bartender sees a little TV monitor under the bar where you see the you know it's like a little light flashes and I see I look at the camera and I see you standing out there and if the bartender knows the person they buzz them in if the bartender doesn't know the person they don't mm-hmm. and when you get buzzed in you go straight to the office there's four five six shelves of rare hard to find we call them whales in the in the beer industry like Moby Dick like whales are are hard to find beers. And I want to make it sort of like a use modern technology. We've got a security system. Venmo's a yeah. thing. You grab the bottles you want, you scan them on your phone, you pay them, and you walk out. And you never go into the bar. Nobody ever sees you. You go in and out the back, and it's a secret bottle shop. Is that is that a COVID thing or an
3: exclusivity thing? No,
2: that's just a me being a fucking beer geek thing.
3: Like that's just me. It's just cool. If it, I, like I would feel so freaking secret ages to buy a beer. That there's way. no
2: there's no Google account. There's no phone number. There's no Instagram. Yeah, the you only way know. you know is to know someone that knows that it's there. If you know, you know. And, okay. and if you go, if you go ring the buzzer and you don't, they don't. If you go ring the doorbell and they don't let you in, maybe they should let
0: you know a little bit about where you stand.
3: <laughs> or,
2: or maybe what you got to do is you got to go in the front door and sit down at the bar and have a beer and get to know the bartender enough to let the bartender. To be a backdoor man, to to you feel want to you be out, man? to feel you out, and be like, okay, so you're you're one of us. Here's the key to go getting that, you know, and and this is I need to lock down this as a brand, but on the alley door, I want the image to be a, a, a like a, a a picture of a whale with a beard, you know, because like we're gonna sell these. Can whales. you use Grady's beard? As yes, the, I would because love that. that. Is a strong beard. <laughs> And and I want it, I want to call it the the bearded whale bottle shop. I like it. I love that. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Bearded whale bottle shop. Yeah. So there's like <laughs> yes. there's all these things I want to do long term that we can't do now. So, yeah. um, and, and I don't ever even just a full room, just yeah. a loud full room of people. Yeah. So right now we're going to be limiting our capacity out yeah. the gate to fifty. Uh, but we could put seventy-seven plus in there. So okay. So you're dropping. 66%
0: or you're dropping 33%. Yeah. You're dropping a third. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the, uh, the, uh, sidewalk view bar looks pretty sweet. Oh like my gosh. Can, the window bar. Look out the window.
2: Yeah, dude, that is uh, so far everybody's favorite seat. Um, I it's, bet. Is it, that going to be the toughest one in the house to get? It will be. I'll, I'll say this. If I walk into the bar one night with my friends to drink some beer and that seat is taken, I'll be the most upset about it. Really? Yeah. But also excited because that means... Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's people there. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. I honestly think... I honestly think... So we have 77 seats in the bar. Okay. I honestly think if four people walked in, that's where they'd sit. Like, that's the first place people
0: are going to sit. And you know what? That's great because, you know, that's... uh, People are
2: walking down the street. They see it. it They hear the action. It looks
0: full. Yeah, I better go in that place. Yeah. There's people having a good time right there.
2: So it's just, it's kind of crazy. It's a place you know for where I hope dreams will come true. We'll see. It's been a an, a a project that has brought me a lot of joy and excitement. And and like a true crackhead over here, uh, I've already put some feelers out for for my next thing. <laughs> Zach, <laughs> slow down! No, it's great. Can't be man. stopped. Yeah, um, <laughs> good for you. And that's uh, exciting. I, I started talking. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what happens.
0: <laughs> I mean, when you feel you got a good brand out there, why not?
2: Well, I just I think there's a need that's missing in Knoxville, and uh, I'm gonna try to fill it. So we'll see. Yeah, on a future episode of South South, South of Scruffy Podcast. <laughs>
0: Well, there's got to be a number three, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Who you going to bring with you next time?
0: I mean, Grady's been a pleasure.
3: Oh, oh. yeah. Grady's well, always thanks, a guys. pleasure. This was really freaking fun. I had no idea where Zach was bringing me. <laughs> oh, well, there yeah, was, like, no, I had like no details about what we were doing. This has been so fun. Do I have to wear this blindfold?
2: Or? <laughs> and he
0: was driving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: That's what was really scary. It took us a minute. That's why it took us a minute. My, yeah. That's my bad.
2: He probably drove you around the block to get you, get you a little confused before he
3: came yes. up here. <laughs>
2: Uh, I do have, a, I do have back to you, Grady, for a minute, if that's okay.
3: Okay.
4: Okay.
2: <laughs> Lena. into He'll the He'll allow mic. it. <laughs> uh, before, before I ask you this question, Ben, thanks for asking about the hub. I, I really appreciate that. It means a lot. I'm freaking yeah. stoked about it, man. Well, yeah, I'm and not, it I'm looks gonna... so
3: good. Like it. I can't wait for you to see looks it. It looks so good. So different than the last uh, time you were there.
2: Okay. All right, Grady. I don't know if you told me this once, or someone else told me this, or if I made this up in my fantasy brain. <laughs> Are you trained in or capable of singing opera
3: or did I make this oh, up? I, that's a, that's like, I, I, that's not what I thought you were going to ask me at all. So, uh, no, I'm not trained in opera, but I have like sung in two operas in the chorus, like okay. faking it most of the time, but it okay. was fun. Cause I've heard you sing and I, I'm like, Plausible,
2: like uh, that's a that's a rumor that if someone started, I feel like people would, could catch on. That's to. really
3: nice of you. I just I I'll just sing it. really loud and like I I yell a lot. You know, like I'm this was kind of nervous in here. I'm kind of like scared, and this is uh, it's so weird to sing to like two friends and a microphone than to sing out at the patio for like if there were hundreds of people, right? um But I don't know. I just sing like loud and get like raspier and yellier the whole time, which is. Not opera, <laughs> not opera. I have friends that are like actual <laughs> opera singers. There's a term for that.
2: Yeah, it's called an opera.
3: <laughs> I just yell and like punk music,
2: man. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, second question, okay. f- follow up. Uh,
0: <laughs> what, what they call in the industry a follow up. This is the lightning
2: round. I'm ready. <laughs> what? Yeah, we should do a lightning round. That would actually be a lot of fun. What question did you think I was going to ask you? <laughs>
0: Six I, inches. It's six know. inches, so
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: This is the best podcast ever recorded. Uh- I don't know man That I don't know Something s- surprising And vulnerable Like oh, okay. Like all the things We got into today That you <laughs> oh, told yeah. me Didn't tell me We were going to be Talking about I told him yeah. to so, ambush you I said so
0: blindfold t- him Ambush him yeah, We're good absolutely. So tell me about
2: Your relationship With your father <laughs> <laughs> Uh, We uh, we tr- we tried hiring uh, comedians for uh, as beer guides, uh, uh, stand up yeah. guides for Knox Brew Tours. It did not work. Really? Yeah, they're Why? too. Was it too much about them? They're too depressing and self deprecating. It was. Yeah. It was. Th- they're. I mean,
0: awful. I think if you got the right one, it would be good. But, the, but I mean, th- so, we, we
2: don't have the best market for stand up right now. <laughs> I mean, we're working so, on it. but We're working on it. Yeah. We we at the beginning of every tour, we always like to do like a little icebreaker. And so what I would always do would be like, okay, give me your fake name, you know, just anything that's not your name. Yeah. So whatever, you know, poor decisions you make can't get back to you. Yeah. And then if you had to describe how you felt about beer on a romantic level, like, what would you say? <laughs> and we get like some great answers, like, you know, whiskey's my main squeeze and beer's my side piece, you know, yeah. and like yeah. and shit like that. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> yeah. that <time>. yeah. <laughs> and then somebody like beer and I are high school sweethearts. Like that's, that's my answer. It's just always fun. Uh so I was training this comedian and the comedian's like, All right, everybody, uh give me your fake name. Tell me uh just anything you want us to call you by, and then uh tell me about your relationship with your father. I was like Crickets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like way um, to make it awkward. And then uh the comedian was like, <laughs> This is actually kind of funny. He's like, I grew up in a family of magicians. My dad disappeared when I was really
0: young. <laughs>
2: I mean, it happens.
0: So, as a successful
3: business strategy, not yeah. so much, but for this moment right now, yeah. it's gold. I'm loving it. Yeah. I'm so glad you have this story. Yeah. And so,
2: <laughs> anyways, that's always my like, how can I make someone really uncomfortable question? Cause What's your relationship with your father? father? Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> If you ever want to just put the yeah. put the, the Jake break on a conversation, yeah, yeah. just go ahead and ask that's them. That's not that. a good
2: first date. Like How to not first date. That's on the list for sure. Well, we are starting a first date show. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's been right decided, here. clearly. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna have to light the
0: driveway a little better so the you know, so they feel all right so feel driving up here. In. Yeah, so they feel safe coming
3: yeah. up here. Yeah. Uh Grady. Okay. <laughs> you have a grin that I'm uncomfortable with.
2: I'm just having fun. Okay. I'm just enjoying this. <laughs> When it comes to like your music and you know, Grady, the artist, and this can be this question can apply to you as a singer songwriter, you as a musician in general, playing in bands, other bands, and also you as a podcaster. How often, and actually, Ben, I'm gonna ask you the same question. This question is for uh-huh. both of you. How often do you genuinely think about or focus on the future? is it just a lot of this is what i'm doing now i'm trying to do something that matters now and i'm hoping for thing now or is it is there a year plan or a 5 year plan or a i hope that one day i can do or i will do this what, where's the balance between the future and the now
3: i call not going first <laughs> oh you want me to go first <laughs> yeah absolutely
2: yeah it's like it, it's a bit of both for me um what
0: we're what we're doing right now is very much about short term, you know, right. I want to, I want to get to know new people. I want to get to know you guys. I want to learn about your stories. Um, Not a lot of it exists in, uh, you know, three, five, 10 years from now. Um, I think, I think what we're doing is, it's just kind of, it's now, you know, and it, it, you know, there's, there's loose kind of hopes for, for what it, for what it is down the road. But for right now, it's. It's, it's what we're doing here
2: and it's not, it doesn't need to be more than that yet. Do you find yourself being more now focused because of COVID or is it always been that way?
0: It's all, it's, it's always been that way. It doesn't have much of an effect on, on my approach. I mean, I've got a lot to keep me busy with a family and kids and, and all that. That's, that's really, you know, the, the, the short, short short-sighted kind of part of it. That's the thing that I care about the most. Um, and then, and then that is, uh, a world that I've got to live in, you know, the, 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 the COVID world is, right. is just kind of a framework to it's build, just a, to build all that around. It's just the world around. you're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't care about it. That that's not the important part to me. The, the important part to me is, is everything else.
3: What about you, Grady? Yeah, I think, um, I think COVID did change a little bit for me, um, but only only like in vagaries basically, you know, like I think it, it, if this year hadn't been what it was, I, I maybe had some, you know, vague thoughts of like a, a little bit ahead, like a couple of years ahead, you know, spending more of this year playing in a lot more places, especially like traveling, right? Mm. Like I'm crazy thankful for all the Knoxville opportunity as I've gotten to play. Um, outside patio stuff with a you know taking the brew bus places and playing the cul-de-sacs that's been freaking awesome (laughs) um live streams all that um but i i do think that was maybe the biggest shift was not going everywhere else like not trying to find a way to play every coffee shop or bar or whatever it was any other place but i i think in general um if it all feels very moment to moment um and and maybe, I mean, maybe that's all because of COVID for me, you know, it's hard, like, it's hard to imagine the what if, because I literally, you know, transitioned out of almost a decade of church work and a career, um, and, and then doing office stuff <laughs> and then, and then finally like committing to like, no, like a lot of the things that have happened in the last couple of years have been really difficult. And it was like very perspective giving and I felt like. I'm not. I don't know. I felt like I don't want to waste any more of my minutes doing stuff I don't care about right. as much as I can help it. And so, I think for me, uh, I, I you know it was just weird to start that journey, and then immediately the world kind of come to a standstill. Hmm. Um, so, because
2: yeah, you had you had really just taken a leap in a way that you hadn't before. Yeah, really, because I right, right before I mean, COVID,
3: really, truly, like I, you know, I I left what I thought was going to be a lifelong career and every church. Yeah. The church and everything going with it. And I think maybe even outside of COVID that may be what would have been a healthy change to more of the minute to minute and just take it as it comes was stuff we talked about earlier about choosing the gray and choosing what we don't know versus pretending we know a bunch of the things we don't. Um, it was going from a life where I had an idea that I knew about, quote unquote, the future or my life or what mattered when, and turns out like you barely know any of that, you know, no matter how hard you try to grasp it. Um, And so I think outside of, even outside of COVID, I would have wanted to be doing the podcast. I would have wanted to be recording new songs. I would have wanted to be traveling places, making connections and just playing music and making space for people through music Mm -hmm. any way I could. Mm -hmm at a take-it-as-it-comes, you know, kind of pace anyways. I, I, I think, um, and this may change because, I, I you know, there is a level to, you know, with you opening this business and stuff, like there's definitely a degree that's not like squishing dreams at all or whatever to be thinking about like a couple years ahead, having yeah. plans, a- absolutely. Um, but I think for me, certainly since COVID, but maybe even if COVID hadn't happened, I think I wanted to step into – a little bit of a season of life of um not pretending to know how things would go but just trusting that the thing i wanted to do and the how of it and the why i do things that's so different than it used to be would be the thing that i like would cling to yeah. and then and then what actually comes of it you just roll with it you know um yeah it's heavy bro no <laughs> just no, sorry, that, it wasn't I mean, meant to be. It it well as uh, sorry, I didn't mean it to be. It, 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 no, it's the thing okay. Is, it feels okay. Don't It feels lighter. That's what's so weird is that it feels lighter, not trying to hold the weight of like some certain future you don't know anything about. If twenty twenty taught us anything, you don't you didn't have a fucking clue what was coming. I mean, I, to so. that to
2: that point, I do feel like I'm more present now than i used to be.
3: Absolutely, because you've we've had to be. And I hope and i hope that i hope some of the very scary and di- and extremely difficult things everyone's been going through go away. Absolutely. But i i i do hope that like the, the thing sentiment we've learned about being or the present, sense of urgency yeah, kind of stays. Or or just like the sense of like being aware and having perspective of the importance of the present. The importance of what matters. The importance of like yeah, clinging on to those things. That's you know? what I think this is going to give us. I yeah, think I, I think so it's
0: going to give us a little bit of perspective in the senses, in the sense of what you think you know could change really quickly. Yes, and, absolutely. And, and you got to be, you got to be all right with everything outside of that. Mm-hmm. You got to be, you you have to armor up against that you have to you have to be safe if something crazy happens and i think it's very similar to what happened you know when people my age graduated college in 2007 or 2008 when the economy was gone to shit and you
2: couldn't get a job and you couldn't get a
0: job i mean it's it's very much a similar thing it's like the things that you've always taken as constants and taken that were definitely going to happen aren't guaranteed yeah. to you. So, so you always have to be okay with a little bit of pivot. You got to mm-hmm. be okay with with understanding that the thing you know today yeah. may not be the same thing that's going on in 6 months. That's a good way and, to put it. And I think that's smart. I think it's a good I think it's a good sensibility
3: to have. Yes. It's the gray again, right? It's 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 being able to like hold things loosely that you don't have any guarantee you're going to be there mm-hmm. while holding tighter to things that I think can cuz cuz this Almost, I mean, this almost circles all the way back to stuff earlier, Zach, that you were just asking me about, you know, the things that changed for me or how our friendship stayed, even though so much has changed in both of our lives. I think this has been a time where the things I want to cling to are the things that are transcendent or beyond circumstance, like my character. Like, can I go Absolutely. to sleep at night knowing that I'm trying be a person in the world that does something positive in it rather than negative in it, the, the care for friends, the care for our dreams and like our passions, like all three of us sitting in here, you know, like we obviously all care about like the stuff that makes us tick and like the things in our city that like get people passionate and those things that those don't actually get, washed away by circumstantial changes, even right. if they're terrifying, really yeah. big circumstantial so you, changes. You, you
0: have to shore up the constants. You have yeah. to shore up what's definitely going to be constant yeah. and not cling too tightly to the things that could easily change yeah. and change your world in a big way. Yeah.
3: I think so too. It's smart.
2: What, one crazy idea or thing that's come for me at, from COVID is the idea of an emergency fund for a business. Mm-hmm. I mean, six to 12 months. I mean, think about, think about if that's, that's a long time. Yeah. But But, I mean,
0: you need to have it. I mean, if you're going to, you have, you, you have to do that. If, if, if you're not guaranteed six to eight months,
2: what if, what if, what if whenever I hired someone as a bartender, Mm -hmm. I could look them in the face and say, if another global pandemic happens and we're shut down for three months, I have your salary in the bank I can
0: still pay you for three months. Yeah. It's tough. And I'll I'll say like Pop Fizz did that. Brian Allen had that. And and I I I was um uh, I was shocked by that a little bit, in that my my perspective when, when that happened was, man, we don't have any work coming in. What are we gonna do? And you know, Brian Allen, the guy that owns our company, said we're gonna be all right because I planned for this. <laughs> you know? It's like Well, shit. We didn't, you know, we never talked about this in any meeting. And he was like, "Yeah, I know, but I, but I knew that this might come. So we had it, we had it taken care of. And then I think if you're gonna enter into business, if you're gonna enter into that kind of endeavor and take on that kind of responsibility, you now, if you're doing it in 2020, you understand that is a thing that you have to do. Yeah, or lose everybody, or shut
2: down. And that that's also it's not only like there's always like in my mind, sometimes like there's the charity part of my mind. Where it's like, this is the way you should do because it's the right thing to do. And then there's like, this is also an opportunity in my mind. The right thing is to, I made a promise to, when I hired someone to do my best to, to provide for yeah. them so that they could provide for themselves. Yeah. And so half of me is like, I need to do that because it's the right thing to do. The other half of me is like, well, think about how competitive that's going to make me if I'm the only bar in town. Who keeps somebody on. Who looks at my bartenders and says, if there's another pandemic, you're going to get paid for three months. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the the business side of it, too.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's something that people have never had to think about before.
2: Never. I mean, you know. And, we and, and I mean, from...
0: employers and employees Absolutely. as well. An employee never never took that into never took
2: that into account. Like how, how solid is my employer? Well, and, and, and for, for 60 years, bartenders and servers have not been claiming their cash tips because they don't want to pay taxes on them. Yeah. And suddenly, and I'm not hating. I did the same thing when I waited tables, cash tips, $1, you know, and then paid taxes on my credit card. Sure. When COVID happened, and all of our servers and bartenders were filing for unemployment. Then their
0: their they, benefits are uh, less
2: because they claimed less yeah, on their taxes because they didn't claim their yeah. cash tips. They're and,
0: proportional to what they claimed.
2: Yeah, it's 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 crazy. I guess we, we can move on from from COVID topics if we want. But you know, it the thing that really hit me the most wasn't a financial thing, wasn't a whatever. It was, it was the moment when. Every single thing in my life that I've ever been scared of or nervous or unsure, I could always call my parents and ask them for advice because they'd, they'd, they'd experienced it mm-hmm. or knew someone that experienced it. Yeah. And when, you know, my business basically was shuttered because of this global pandemic. And I called my dad and my mom and I'm like, hey, what do I do? How do we... And they're like... I have no fucking clue. Yeah. I've never
0: been through this before. They're like,
2: I have no idea. This is never this has never happened. Yeah. We have, we don't have any advice for you. And when you're sort of like cornerstone, your foundation of like advice is just that when that well's empty, you're just like, I guess it's all on me now. Yeah. I guess this is me now. Yeah. You know, I guess I've got to figure it out myself. <laughs> yeah. Nothing uh, wrong with that. So that was, that was a big moment for yeah. me too. That was pretty weird.
0: Grady, you want to play another song? You know. <laughs>
3: I mean, I can't. <laughs> do you want to? I love it. Yeah. I can do another one. I can do the one that kind of, Uh, comes before that one sort of ideologically and chronologically saboteur
2: saboteur such a good
3: song man. good man okay well that's nice of you to say is that one who sabotages (laughs) saboteur saboteur, yes sorry yes yes yes, it is yes (laughs) (laughs) i I think for a second i was like yes
2: (laughs) before you play it can you tell us a little bit about you know the song like
3: sure yeah and and um the song is largely about um the inner critic uh which we all have an inner critic whether you know, different personalities, it's louder or quieter. Um, and, and for me and my personality and my traumas experiences, all the things that make me, me internally, um, my inner critic has always been very loud. Uh, so I have always wrestled with, you know, self-judgment or that, that sensation of, and you'll hear it in some of the lyrics, but almost the, almost the idea of like, Y'all could you know, like y'all could even save your punishment because I'm gonna like punish myself so bad for that mistake. Like we don't have to do it twice, um, kind of thing. Take um, it
0: easy on me. I'm gonna do it to myself. Yeah, for already. real. It's like it's like
3: it's like oh no, I'll do that. You just go <laughs> about your day. I'll, I'll make sure I get you know. Don't I'll make waste sure I your get, energy on absolutely. judging me. Yeah, I'll switch myself. You don't have to get a yeah. switch, mom. You know it's this like, kind of thing.
2: It's like if you did that awful analogy of like. You deserve to be slapped, but you just instead of them slapping you, you just tell them to put their hand out, and you're just gonna do the work. For like, them. yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You're just gonna just hold your hand out. I'll I'll rub my face across it. It's
3: yes, like, <laughs> and and so that that is essentially what the song is about.
2: Like, I I've never it. heard that before. Love it.
3: Yeah, just put your fist out. I'll run into
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> guys, this yeah. is so much fun.
1: Yes,
0: it and is. And I love both of you guys. Yeah.
3: I appreciate you guys doing it so much. Thank you for oh. having us, man. Yeah. Thank you for doing it. I'm and so glad I was, you know, blindfolded and dragged to this discreet location. <laughs> Is there
0: a butt
2: coming
3: out? Are you about to say? It?
0: No, oh, I'm. Okay. I, well, but it, you it, have it, to blindfold him on the way out. Too.
3: That's what I was going <laughs> to say. <laughs> it didn't feel like that energy. It did feel
0: like, but now <laughs> I have to kill you. Like it <laughs> didn't feel like that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm really pumped that you guys both came and I'm excited. And, I'm excited to hear Grady play us one more song. Me too.
2: It's going to be awesome.
0: (laughs) Thank you guys both. I love y'all.
2: Thanks, Ben.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Let's do it. These are sad ass songs that capture moments that are really hard. So you can enjoy the moments that are outside of that as well. So that's, you know, if I wrote a song about it, it probably has less destruction, destructive force over me than it would have. So yeah, you should worry about the things I haven't written a song about. That's when you should come talk to me. That's when you should check on me.
2: That's a great line.
3: Really, though, truly. Like, if I haven't written a song about it, you should probably see if I'm okay. All right. uh, But this is something I'm working on. So let's do this thing.
1: So many hours a week Trying not to hate myself And kindness you think, barely getting through my smile, for you won't be as loud as the crowd. saboteur. I lock the key and I throw away the door. Liar, but self-assured. I will play the warden for the freedom I cannot afford. punish me just fine cause my justice won't stop till I drink every drop of shame do you feel hate when you play loathing every tiny flaw just to me that I'm not screams a lie in a weary brain Down the shore.
0: that guys did we enjoy it super fun i love both of those dudes a lot i'm glad that they came by uh and i appreciate all of you as well thank you for engaging with the podcast keeping us afloat over here uh check us out on instagram at south of scruffy uh the patreon thing is really a way that uh helps keep the lights on for us so check that out too that's patreon.com forward slash south of scruffy We've been getting some one-time donations for the show as well from Venmo. That's at South of Scruffy also. You see a pattern here? Go on Twitter, at South of Scruffy. Southofscruffy at gmail.com. Send me an email. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it a lot. Take care. Go Vols. Matt Honkinen. Play me out.